husband. And I had to call him, and I was like, Thames? <laughs> like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, are you James but Thames? Or mm-hmm. are you, like, actually Thames? He was like, no, it's Thames. Was, like, the river. I was like, okay. Sorry about that. Who's the... Oh, God, that made me think of a name that we had. That was it sh- For research? Yeah, when I worked at RIA. Oh, fuck. I feel like it was, like, Charles, but... Fuck. Ugh, it'll probably pop up in, like, <laughs> Charles. <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't Charles. It was definitely Charles. 100%. It's gonna drive me nuts. Well, I'm thinking, hi, welcome <laughs> back. We're the coolest. <laughs> welcome to our cod past. Cod past. Um. Charizard? Fuck. <laughs> We had a list. Charizard. Because one of the person's first name was Cinderella. Like the actual first name? Yeah. But this guy, like... Why why was... What was the list? Like of weird names of people? What the fuck? Shit. Charleston. Heston. No, it's... Char Charble Charble Charizard, I think is my favorite. <laughs> I, I would go with that. Oh, just give me one more second. Um, fuck, I feel like a street has that name too, but like not a popular street. Like I feel like I drove by it one time and I was like, oh shit, that's that guy's name. And I have Robillard in my head. That's not right. <laughs> what is Robillard? It's a guy's last name. In whatever CRS or something. Mm. Chartle, chortle. Oh. Definitely begins with a CH. I think. Mm. Or a C. <laughs> <laughs> At least it gets to the Like, C. I'm pretty certain there's a C, but I think it's. <sighs> chortle, chartle, chobble, chortle. Warbler. <laughs> chobble, gobbler. Mm hmm. Charmeth. Seamus. <laughs> Do you know anyone who still works there who would get us the list? No. Oh, and the list was like a piece of paper that I wrote on. <laughs> like, it wasn't real. And I remember thinking this name is like, oh, it's like a proper name. He's like of the Southampton New Tits or whatever. <laughs> tits. Char... Charmander. <laughs> which is a different Charizard. So many Pikachus. I know. Chortle. Chartle. Char... It wasn't, it's not Charlemagne. It's definitely not. Fuck, I don't know. I'm so mad. Charlemagne the God. Fuck me. I'm so mad. Speaking of names, we got a lot of uh, Polish Russian names up in this bitch, so. You do a lot with the Russians. There's a lot of Russian going on here. Who else did I do? I just feel like a lot of people start Russian and then they turn something else. You know, we did a Russian Jewish guy and he came. What was his name? Rectangles? Rectangles, yeah. Whatever the fuck his name was. Charvid, I thought I had it. It's not Charvid. <laughs> That's COVID. <laughs> this guy when he's sick. I'm trying to release the notes on this like last episode I did, and it's like 800 minutes long. Release? Girl, like, I don't know there. why you do that. <sighs> Tarble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. Klumsky. Clementine. Okay. So we're talking. So we're back in my little series of creative people 
who struggle with the mental illness. I'm very into this. The men in us. I believe I will be talking about someone you do not know. I found out in the last episode I did that you know Lenny Bruce, and I'm real yeah, sad about it. Have you watched Marvelous no. Mrs. Maisel? I think you might like it, but I think it would probably be something you watch in the background. I don't mm-hmm. think you'd be, like, super focused on it. Chartle. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is going to happen this whole episode. Chart. <laughs> <laughs> tai Chi. Okay. okay, so we're talking about... Oh, I wish you could have been there. I know. I'm going to say this wrong because I feel like it's Vaslav. But I'm going to say it like I live Vaslav? in Buffalo. Vaslav, probably. I'm going to try to stick to his last name. His la- It's Vaslav Najinsky. We're doing our step class today. It's fun. Like, it's fine. But it's not. I wanted it to be more Zumba and it's more step, which, like, is fine. Have you seen those videos where they're like, step, they all know the things? Yeah, she's like. L to the side and da, 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 and then three knees and then da, 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 and then step over and da, da, da. it's just like I don't know any of this and they're shouting like the move as you do the move they're like she goes three knees and they go knees up and like I'm supposed to know that oh, I've never will heard that in my life it. yeah it seems like but I'm excited she's I really like her she was my Thursday partner usually and I'm gonna be replacing her with you if you come so I'm like hopefully she likes me so I, it's fine like it's fine. But we're at this thing and my aunt calls my mother and my aunt never, it's my, my mom's stepsister. So like she never calls my mother for anything. And I was like, maybe I should answer it. I don't know. So we get into the car and my aunt is speaking to my mother and my mother has my voice. Like everything I say, she say, she says, she says the same. Like it's, and then my aunt gets on the phone and she's, everything is, and I says to her, I says, I just don't understand. She doesn't understand the value of a dollar. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was supposed to be my voice? Where did that voice come from? That's not my grandmother's voice. Is that their father's voice? Like, whose voice is this? <laughs> Where did this come from? I'm just like, I can't. If I heard her, like, if she came to the desk as a, a guest, I'd be like, ma'am. Calm the buffalo. Like, it's also a little Minnesota. It's so much. Like, it's so intense. I was just like, so Aunt Susie says to me, she says, she says, Diane came and she slept over my house. And I'm like, holy fuck. No, thank you. Yep. Sorry. So I just had to let you know. Chambers. Chamber. Chirpin. Shamborg. <laughs> I keep looking at that blue dotted bitch. <laughs> It's helping. I don't know. Maybe. So I'm going to try to call this man Najinsky. I went back and forth in what I typed, but so Najinsky. Spell it out. N-I-J-I-N-S-K-I or Y? Y, I think. Mm -hmm. I can't see it right now easily. Oh, no problem. Uh, uh, uh. It'll come. That's fine. Fuck, I almost had it. Okay. So, just for some, so we know what's going on. At age 23, he was already considered the greatest dancer alive. Perhaps. I'm definitely not going to know this person. (laughs) Perhaps the greatest male dancer who ever lived. Like what? He wanted, he was wanted as a choreographer by Stravinsky who is the composer of this ballet we're going to be talking about, Diaghilev, 
Oh, yeah. Dude. The director for the Do you Paris. Do know these people having been a dancer? Is Stravinsky like- I've heard of. Like, I don't know them. Yeah. I never heard of him when I read this book. Okay. I don't think. Fuck, I almost had it again. Diaghilev is the director for the Paris-based Ballet Russe. Hmm. So he was considered one of the most passionate and erotic performers who has ever taken the stage. Hmm. He conceived of the ballet, so he's choreographing this, and also stars in it, I believe. He conceived of the ballet with dancers displaying power and elegance, but also the eroticism and sensuality of the process. Uh, the sensuality of the process. Trust the sensuality mm-hmm. of the process. So in the ballet, there was to be a virgin who sacrificed herself by dancing to death. The other dancers would honor the... Okay, no, that's right. I'm going to have to be careful because a lot of this is words that I don't make, like, don't make sense naturally. And I'm like, did I mistype? But I don't think I did. But this is the one I typed real fast. So, <laughs> Gird. Excellent. Girded. So the... Fuck, I almost had it again. The C word? Yes. It keeps... Con- oh, tip of the goddamn tongue. Mm. The teeth, the lips. The other dancers would honor the surface chaos of the music... All traditional symmetry and familiarity were to be abandoned, and the choreography was rearranged to staging and moments that went beyond anything that anyone had ever seen or imagined before. So it's like choreographed chaos. It's and people have videos of it. This is too old timey, I think. Mm. I haven't gotten to a year yet, but it's I mean Stravinsky, I feel like is very old. Yes. Who was the other dog like losing his mind? Your dog's being so good right now, this other dog is like losing his fucking mind. Yeah, it's a little shit dog. Hmm. So he was working under incredible pressure as he was having to deal with Stravinsky as well as Debussy or whoever. Gary Debussy. Yes. But he was, we talked about him in Mingus Fingus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Debussy was contributing. The dancers rebelled because they didn't like being told to take on positions and arrangements that more resembled bestial animals instead of human dancers. Because like ballet is very... Posture, like, like a lot of, if you watch, like, So You Think You Can Dance, and shows when you have someone who comes in as a ballet dancer, or even, like, a ballroom dancer, they have a hard time with, like, modern dance and, like... Things that require you to emote. What's lyrical? Like, yeah, because they're, because you're this. And when a person's like, no, I want you to round your back and do a thing, they're like, that's not what my body does. So it makes sense. Fuck me. <laughs> Charlemagne the God. Some of the dancers themselves said they felt misshapen, maimed, and struck by paralysis. They were being told to abandon all their classical training, which obviously made dancers uncomfortable. What no one knew at the time is he was patterning the movements after patients with neurological disease, which is kind of cool. Hmm. He would arrive to rehearse the dancers wearing a costume from the ballet he was appearing in. He wouldn't take it off, and it was a monster with horns. (laughs) So he's just coming in hot <laughs> and like Satan. Be be a bubble <laughs> or a bubble. Well, maybe. Oh fuck! I almost had it again. I'm gonna scream it so loud when it pops into my head. So he was young and inexperienced as a choreographer, but obviously brilliant, and that's why he was wanted. Mm-hmm. And despite all the languages he could speak, he spoke Russian, which was his native language, French and German. He found it hard to make himself understood. And he also had problems with his moods and violent temper tantrums. We'll learn more about he has a hard time 
communicating throughout his whole life. He case he cast his sister Branislava as yeah. the virgin. When rehearsals were in full swing, she disclosed her pregnancy and Najinsky with a Y, not an I. And Najinsky went crazy, ranting and raving that no one else could play the demanding role. He said, "You are deliberately trying to destroy my work, just like all the others." He scrum at her. His brother-in-law attempted to calm things down, and Najinsky tried to strangle him because how very dare he impregnate the lead dancer. Hmm. For some time afterward, he seriously considered playing the virgin himself, as the idea of dancing himself to death very much appealed to him. So this is May 29, 1913. So here's where oh, we're at. Old, so. The ballet La Sacre du Printemps. Oh, the heart of springtime. Is it P R I N T E M P? I said or it good enough. Sacred in- springtime. I said it enough Sacre so that you knew. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Premiered at the Theater des Champs Elysees, mm-hmm. which had just opened a few months earlier. So I say, what? <laughs> say it all out, say it out. It was sold out due to advanced publicity that warned of semi-savory. Savory. It's supposed to be savagery. <laughs> semi-savory. And it, it will be lightly hearty. <laughs> but with an E at the end. And instead of frenetic, I've written phonetic. <laughs> and phonetic human clusters. H-Y-O-O-M-U-H-N <laughs> clusters. <laughs> frenetic human <laughs> clusters wrenched incessantly by the most astonishing polyrhythm ever to come from the mind of a musician. What would you expect going into a description like that? Like chaos on stage, like just boning, just having sex. No, I would picture like, like, okay. So you think of a nutcracker ballet, mm-hmm. take that. I'm at the ballet. Like I'm expecting ballet. Is that correct? Yes, it is okay. a ballet. And, Take that, throw it entirely out the window, and just picture, like, did you ever see Suspiria? Oh, that's a good one. Where there's, like, I just picture bodies, like, writhing together and getting all tangled all up in each other. What is it from? (laughs) What's that movie with Freddie Prince Jr.? What the fuck? Or they re- they make over the girl. He's like, oh, she's all that. Yeah. What is the thing in the beginning? <laughs> they're like an egg. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Silent. Be still. Yes, be silent. Yes. Be still. Yes, but like ninety-seven people, <laughs> all entangled. Charboard. Nope. Charboard. <laughs> it's no Pikachu. It's never gonna be a Pikachu. <laughs> a fat one. Okay. <laughs> Good. Oh, bitch, I can like see it sort of written on the fucking list. <sighs> Charmeleon. <sighs> Chalmers! Chalmers. I kept having chambers in my head and that's, that's when wild. I kept... Yeah, Chalmers. Chalmers. Oh, thank God, Brain. Thank you. Because <laughs> Chambers was sitting with me, and I was like, no, that's too calm. Fucking Chalmers. Sounds Chalmers. very, like, feudal. Yeah, feudal lords. He was not a, he was not a surf nor a turf. He was probably at Poke Church or whatever. <laughs> Poke 
Richards Puckle Tits. Puckle Church. Puckle Tits Prison. Puckle Church Pomegranates. What was I calling? Oh, Puckleworth. Puckleworth. Okay, so we got <laughs> semi savory and phonetic. Oh, for sure it is. That's why we record them in order. Mm-hmm. Record them in order. Recorded. Phonetic human clusters. Did but- you play the recorder? No, never did. Really? No. Oh, we should get well, recorders. Let's get maybe, recorders. like in a class. There's like- seven dollars. If I get you a recorder, will you learn with me? Oh my god. I can teach you. Oh my god. I want to play fucking Lizzo because she's got a flute. I want to play. Why men great? So they gotta be great. You probably figure that out. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So by the second minute of the score, the audience started calling out their protests. They felt offended by the music, and then the choreography was to them beyond modern, and they felt it was an abomination. The audience began to riot. Men stood up in their chairs demanding that the ballet stop. Younger members of the audience took offense at the disruption and called for the others to behave themselves. Settle! Are you cold? No, I'm looking at Lulu on recorder. No, but are you cold? It is chilly, yeah. Okay, hang on. Like Wait, my- I feel like you made fun of me before. I have no idea where I left off. Oh. So it's a riot. Zoot suit riot. Zoot suit riot. Bye! Throw up a bottle of chairs. Throw back a bottle of beer. I know, I was trying to put it in the context and then I, oh, sa- I, I still know, said bottle. So I fucked it. Bottle of chairs. Okay, so everyone's pissed. The audience begins to riot. Men stand up in their chairs. It's nice, huh? Hey! Lay down. That's my evidence for my murders. Don't fuck me up. You gotta figure out who did it. She did. Well, and they don't even think it was a murder. Good boy. Okay. That hurt my hand. So there's a riot. A man, probably named Chalmers. All the men. named Chalmers. They stand up in their chairs. Demanding that the ballet stop, the younger, more hip members of the audience are like, fuck you, bro, I want to watch this, behave yourself. Fist fights break out between the two groups. At a ballet, let's just... Mm-hmm. Probably not what you expect when you go to the ballet. Fucking nutcracker, sugar pump fairies out and they're punching. Men were challenging each other to duels, women were screaming like banshees. All the while, the orchestra continued to play and the dancers continued to dance. I love like a banshee, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Did you ever see Darby O'Gill and the Little People? Mm -mm. Well, probably, actually. They got banshees in there. I am terrified of banshees. They have, like, banshees driving a horse carriage. It's terrifying. (laughs) It's terrifying. But I picture, like, loud wailing. Mm -hmm. Just constant, too. Like, no. Yeah, you're not. It's not like, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's like, Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The house lights had to be turned on for Nijinsky and Stravinsky to see the full impact of the riot. Nijinsky was trying to keep control, screaming above the noise of the audience, telling the dancers to keep going and the orchestra to keep playing. By the time it was Nijinsky's turn to dance, things had quieted down. The angry ones and the most injured ones were already removed, and the rest was just exhausted from their efforts. Both Diaghilev and Stravinsky were secretly thrilled by the scandal because any publicity was favorable to promote future shows. At the second show, one week later, the audience was both prepared and responsive to the performance. The first, perf- this first performance of the Sacra is now regarded as one of the seminal events in the history of dance. Seminal. Fluid. You got fluid. Mm-hmm. 
So also it's important to note that throughout Nijinsky's life, he kept detailed notes of his experience. So a lot of this is coming directly from his thoughts. That's good, at least. Mm-hmm. So this is weird. This and might it- be the oldest one of these that you've done. Maybe. So to not have, like, notes, notes, you know what I mean? Like, other people can confirm. It's and not American. Much Has everyone been American? That's <laughs> very American. Sylvia Plath, Judy Garland... Or, oh, no, Ern- Hemingway, he was American. I always think he's British. Yeah, me too. Virginia Woolf. No. Oh, no, Sil- Sylvia Plath was American, but she ended up in London. Virginia Woolf, I feel like, was British. Oh, yeah, because the Nazis. Okay, just kidding. But this is, this is, oh, and fucking rectangles. What the fuck? We just talked about it. <sighs> he just talked about it seven months ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we just talked about how I already had a Russian. So in 1889... Or maybe 1890, as the exact date is unknown. Okay. Two professional ballet dancers, Eleonora and Thomas Nijinsky, gave birth to a second son, and a year later, a daughter. So they don't know if he was born in 1889 or 1890, which that seems weird to me. That does seem weird. So they ended up with three children, Stanislav, Vazlov. when they were born. (laughs) Stanislav, Vazlov. What's love, do you think? I don't know. I'm Branislava. It's probably like of. Like Harrison, Jameson. It's probably like of. Well, I'm not sure. Mitch, I'm sorry. I have to pee again. Christ. I know. That's I okay. should just. Again, no idea where I left off. <sighs> I'm getting a headache. It's because it like glistens. <laughs> it's Fabletics. It's Vanessa Hudgens. I have a green one too. She had like leggings and like sports bras on this material. Which is weird. I feel like probably the, the outer is, or the inner is mm. wicking of some sort. Also, you wouldn't work out in them there, probably just for show. Okay, we don't know when he was born. <laughs> he's the second son, so he's got his oldest brother, Stanislav, then him, Vaslav, and Bronislava, which every time I see that, it makes me think of Bratislava. I don't know if that's a thing, but it, then it makes me think of Bratwurst. Mm-hmm. So every time I see her name, know that I'm thinking Bratwurst. Bratwurst. You can just call her Bratwurst. So they were given Russian names because they because they had a new home in St. Peter's Petersburg. I feel like they're Polish. I don't know. They live in St. Petersburg. It's lovely. And again, both parents are ballet dancers. Ballet, not belly. Ballet, correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that is very erotic, the belly dancing, you would think. Just wondering. So, unsurprisingly, all three children demonstrated early talent as dancers, and so they basically began professional training at the same time they were learning to walk. I mean, okay, yes, hear me out. If you and your husband are trained in anything, and your children are just born, doing nothing, doing nothing spectacular, don't you also encourage them in that same thing and, like, give them extra rewards when they're doing well in that same thing. And like, you know how to instruct them in that same thing. And also maybe perhaps you're doing that same thing at home. Like I think some of it though, you're right. But there's like things about like, so for ballet, sometimes people have perfect turnout. That's like a skeletal thing and other people mm-hmm. have to work for it. So it could be maybe a degree of flexibility or rhythm or Some something. Biological yeah. But of course they're fostering it because that's what they know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so while the household was a great breeding ground for dancing, it was an unhappy place to grow up. Eleonora, the mother, was- So we're all dancing, but we are very miserable. Not happy dancing. <laughs> it's never happy dancing. Eleonora, the mother, was often depressed. Both of her parents struggled with depression as well. I appreciate what you gave me some backstory. She blackmailed Thomas to marry her by threatening to kill herself. <laughs> well, that's the way to get him. But I just want to read the first <laughs> sentence again in the way it was typed. Eleonora was often depressed, as both her parents were as well. N. <laughs> just the letter? Yeah! N. <laughs> I know, my rogue typing is awful. <laughs> N. Okay, so she's like, fucking bury me, I'm gonna kill myself. So he did. if you don't, I... He did. Eventually, when he left her, because he began an affair. Oh, sure. Eleonora had to keep her family together, struggling with poverty and her own sense of despair. I mean, you blackmailed him. What did you expect? <laughs> Not to be rude, but Jesus. Thank you. Vaslav and his sister showed extraordinary talent, and being so close in age, they developed a close bond based on their total devotion to ballet and became constant companions. Silence. Stanislav also showed early promise as a dancer and had been critically injured. Oh, no. But had been critically injured while falling, possibly jumping, out of a Fourth floor window, Virginia, I'm looking okay, at you. Okay, four, I That's can how take. you do it. Yeah, I can handle four. Virginia. Uh-huh. First floor, bitch. That'll never not be funny. You shouldn't have brought that up. Now that's a living room for you in my mind. I'm literally picturing her on all floors running out like an animal. I picture, and also she has to start from like the back wall. Yeah, you know she I mean? runs like full force. running start. Yep, but on all fours. She's on all fours. No, I've, I've got her running at full speed on twos, and then she forward projects like a diver through the window and she's like oh thank god i broke the window and then she just like tuck and rolls what and she's fine no i'm she's she starts on all fours like a human trying to walk like a dog Mm. to me and runs that way and then i think she wouldn't get enough speed that's just how i picture it Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that's of course she didn't really do that Mm -hmm. what did she really do did she really just like start at the window and like shoulder what if she just sat on the ledge and just rolled off she wraps through a rock and then was just like what do you want? You're on radio, man. You got greenies on the floor. Go get them. You got greenies on the you're, floor. I don't. You got greenies <laughs> on the floor. I don't. You're licking. It's going to be too much, bud. Mm-hmm. Come over here. Um. So he either fell or jumped out of a fourth floor window. I like to think he jumped. Stan- Stanislav was never the same after that and was eventually confined to an asylum because of his raving behavior. Hmm. So you think he fell on his skull or like... I mean, it's fourth floor. It probably did some damage, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. if the head bounced, you know? Yeah. And maybe he already was having trouble because if he jumped. Fair. That Vaslav was also reckless like his brother, and it worried his mother, but she didn't have to worry because even when he's jumping and leaping and running and dancing, his sense of balance and athletic skills were uncanny. So, like, Your balance and athletic skills were shit, and that's why you almost died when you jumped off that fourth but floor But your window. brother? My God. He can jump. He can play the floor as lava, and we don't have to worry. He is Correct. flying. Oh. Graceful. So amazing. Always going to stick the landing. God. He would have stuck the landing out that fourth floor window. I'd never have to institutionalize him. Can you not? Can you not? No. Hey! You're too big. It's a, it's a wrapper. Do you want to see it? Sure. Sure. Go see it in the floor. <laughs> so while he was talented in terms of dancing, he was handicapped in other areas. He was inarticulate, almost to the point of being mute in speech. Hmm. It seemed he was only able to express his thoughts and feelings through dance. 
At age eight, he was admitted to the Imperial School of Ballet and considered a prodigy. However, he was severely challenged in academic matters, especially those that involve speaking. This is... Ugh, I don't want to say this out loud. Other boys in school were jealous of him because he could jump higher and seemed to stay aloft for impossible length of time. They challenged him to see if he could jump over a barrier, and they had spread soap all over the floor. When he jumped, they lifted the barrier higher as he jumped. He crashed and fell, suffering severe internal injuries that kept him in a coma for almost a week. He spent the next year recovering in the hospital. He recovered physically, but would always remain fearful of death. What the fuck is wrong with people? These are kids. Yeah, that's wild. A year? Yeah. And do you think, did any of them get held accountable? Were they I don't, remorseful? Like, I don't believe so. That's insane. Could you, like, I don't, I feel like in the book it said he didn't even What's the say. worst prank you ever played on a kid? I've never played a prank in my entire life. A whole, your whole life, no prank ever. No. Like some bullshit April Fool's. Like, oh my god, there's a skunk on the lawn. April Fool's. <laughs> That's very stupid. I know. <laughs> I know. Your whole, the remorse on your face is like, fuck, I missed that opportunity. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, is it a prank if I convince my friend that Johnny Cash's song Ring of Fire was about an STD? Because it burns, burns, burns. Sure. That ring of fire. That ring of fire. Absolutely. Why so that's, not? that's my prank. That's the worst one. The only one. Okay. That's it. That's, that's it. That's the extent of it. She believed me. Good for her. <laughs> so dumb and lame. <laughs> oh, okay. So in adolescence, he was both volatile and unpredictable. He discovered early like cunning Mingus, that the more crazy and eccentrically eccentrically he behaved, the more he was declared to have distinguished stage presence. During his no, yep. During his first public performance before graduating from school, he immediately captured the attention of critics as well as the audience. He was slight with a body that seemed to have been created from parts of both men and women. He was short standing, just five four, but at power five four. Listen here, nothing's wrong with five four. I am five four. But he had powerful legs, not chunky dwarfish ones. I'm five foot three, actually, according to my doctor's records. I don't believe that. I think I might be five five because usually I'm five foot four and three quarters. I'm five foot three. I'm somewhere between five six and five seven. Hmm. My my fucking license says five seven, and I don't. Do they measure you when my you get your license for the three. first time? But you think I'm four inches shorter than you? Four I don't think I'm five seven. I think you are. I I think I'm five six and a half at best. Kristen is five nine, so I feel like that makes sense. I tell everyone I'm five six. Mm. We'll have to do the measurements. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was short standing at five four, but he had powerful legs that Not seemed to have been sculpted from a much taller man. Despite his head injuries. Not chunky and dwarfish. Nope, but all legs. Um, the t- top half of his body appeared almost feminine, with a small chest, waist, and delicate arms. What an odd body type for a dancer. I the- feel like that's more power lifter. You know what I mean? Like thick thighs. Well, because jumping. Skinny. No, I think that body. makes. Think of a male ballet dancer. I feel like male. Ballet I just think dancers usually they're taller. Lean. 
I feel like Ballet leans you. Yeah, he's lean, but short. Uh, this gives me, the, your description gives me power lifter thighs, like huge massive oh, no, no, thighs, no, no, no. and then like tiny little body. No, no, no. Let me see if I can find a picture. Vasoactive. Yep. Oh, so he's not like he's, enormous. No, he's like, powerful. And he's good at jumping better than other people. Got it. <laughs> An excellent little outfit. <laughs> okay. So. Marble. I'm like, why did I Google marble? You didn't. You Googled Markle. I, and correct. Thank you. Up. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Your fingernails are so wizard of us. Thank you. That's not good. Yeah, no, the kids are doing like, well, my dad got mad at me. <laughs> That's what my mom used to do to advertise it. She would take her eye makeup off with baby oil, rub it all over her eyes so it was all smeared, and then fake cry and say, Daddy beat me. And, like, I knew it wasn't real, but why? Why? Every time! Again, somehow explain so much. I'm not sure quite what. Mm-hmm. She mm. just would love to have met her. I feel like she's a borderline person. I was like, let's go to her grave. And then I remember her grave is just her home. So <laughs> we can stand right in front of the, the table. Jill wants to go to Lilydale. You want to go? Yes. But I learned you have to make appointments. Mm-hmm. You have to pick a psychic and make an appointment. And they're not open in the week uh, in the wintertime. So we're going to like try to find a psychic we really like. So you should look them up too and okay. see who you really like. And then pick a time and have a day of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, powerful legs, short, delicate. Mm. By age 17, he was well-known in the dance world. Despite having developed a reputation for being difficult, he was sought out by other dancers, directors, choreographers, and potential students. Yet he still found it challenging to communicate with anyone except his sister. So, we recall that the father left the mother, okay. So in 1907, his father, Thomas, initiated contact, having heard his son was becoming a star in dance, and Nijinsky went to visit him. The meeting did not go well, and they had a heated argument. Nijinsky intended to spend a week, and he left after the first day. Thomas was so furious that he refused to send child support to his ex-wife thereafter. Hmm. Nijinsky returned so depressed that he could barely function for weeks afterward. He said to his sister, I was no longer cheerful because I felt death. I was afraid of people and used to lock myself in the room. My room was narrow with a high ceiling. I liked looking at the walls and ceiling because all this spoke to me of death. He was a true dance sensation. How? I do sort of feel that. I, when I was in high school, I painted my walls black. And the only white in the room was outside the window, the ceiling, and the door. So I was like, my escapes are go out the window, go out the door, or get the fuck out of here. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I can kind of understand that. I would love some black balls. He was a true dance sensation, however. Nope. Mm -hmm. He was a huge dance sensation. Mm -hmm. Comma. (laughs) However, the celebrities, royalty, and fans that would flock to him at parties would find him mute. Both men and women would attempt to seduce him, but he was unmoved. Mm. He stopped masturbating at the age of 13 because he believed that spilling his seed would compromise his artistic energies and abilities. Fucking men, get over your dicks. Congration, you ejaculate. It's not that serious. Like, stop it. It's gotta be. They talk about, fucking Freud talk about penis envy. Y'all envy your own penises. 
You'd think they're fucking the best thing that ever happened. It's got to be something related to ejaculate. Like, there's, before that, there's orgasm, a feeling of orgasm in a male without ejaculate. And then, like, 12, 13, 14, or thereabout, there's ejaculate. It's like semen starts to happen. And I feel like the that semen starts there. I feel like that must be a very pivotal moment for a man. Like something else is happening. Whereas for a woman, you can you can have orgasmic sensations at two and not like nothing is different when you're fifteen or twenty-five or ninety. You know what I mean? Like there's not this moment of like, now I can create it. But like still, like I get that. But to immediately pair that with i'm good at this because i have this in my body and if i oh, let I it go wouldn't. no i would never but then there's like the um oh christ forgive me there's a tribe in Killers. south africa that believes that their power in warriorship comes from drinking the semen of young boys so the warriors will drink the semen from newly ejaculatable boys and that's what gives them you're right. And that's what gives them power in battle. And, like, when you become a warrior, you also do that. And that I mean, like, is it because, like, it gives life? Like, if you let that in a woman? It, like, but I, I get it, but I also don't get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why don't you think pee then, too? But also, why can't you drink your own ejaculate? But why? Why? Well, because they're old. It has to be because the kids, they're hitting puberty. It's fresh. But well, you can still have kids. Like, you're 20. But if they're trying to be warriors. I guess. I don't know. I just would never. Like, because you also pee out of your dick. Mm-hmm. You better plug it up, bro. Hemingway, don't ever piss. Surprised we don't have bladder infections rampant. The whole thing is very bizarre. It's very like <laughs> men. It's mm-hmm. very like the thing I have that women don't. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's why that's I'm good. The thing, yeah. What? Yeah. Ruffian. Oh, he's just exhausted with the patriarchy. Probably. Okay, so get over your dicks, y'all. Get over your dicks. So. So his ambivalence about masturbation and orgasms would remain a lifelong obsession and a source of guilt. And I'm not sure where the guilt comes from. Like, maybe if he does it, he... No, because it's saying his ambivalence is what makes him feel guilty. I'm not sure. I don't get more information about that. Uh-huh. So he had few friends and zero lovers. Russian prince Pavel Lav L V O V Vav Lavov L V O V Pavel is his first name. Pavel, and then L V O V is his last name. Pavelov. It would be very funny if I misspelled it. Pavlov, it's all it is. Um, so Russian Prince Pavel lavished him with gifts and began a determined effort to seduce him. Nijinsky accepted the advances out of gratitude for the attention. The prince was twice his age and well-connected within the aristocracy and in the world of dance. So it's unclear if Nijinsky entered into the relationship because he was desperate to be loved or if he wanted to take advantage of the career opportunities or both. It could be both. Sure, absolutely. During the year that they lived together, the prince mentored him in all the ways that were necessary in the upper echelons of Russian society. Nijinsky learned how to dress... He is homosexual, though. Or we're not sure at this time. Like, it depends on his motives with this relationship. I think we're going to leave this with 
he is by, I think. Okay. Okay. Yes. So he learned how to dress and how to handle himself at social functions. He developed a level of poise and confidence that began to manifest not only in his social behavior, but also in his dancing. And the most important thing that came out of the prince and Nijinsky was that he was introduced to the person who would become his next lover and his most important mentor, Sergei Pavlovich Diaghilev. Diaghilev was 20 years older and then Nijinsky. Diaghilev pets. Yes. That's all I hear. Diaghilev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must be what this reminds me of. So Diaghilev was 20 years older than Nijinsky, who at this point was 18. So he was living with a prince for a year when he was 17. Diaghilev was an important figure in the world of the Russian ballet. He was perhaps the most important dance producer and promoter. This grosses me out. He struck a deal with the prince that Nijinsky would be transferred to his control. Sure. So you have an 18-year-old boy. Ongoing debate about sexual orientation. He was with both men and women, but the clearest clue as to his preferences are revealed in his masturbation fantasies, which he wrote about honestly in his notebooks. This is we're talking about Nijinsky. I liked lying in bed thinking about women, but I came afterward and decided that I should make myself my own object of lust. I looked at my own erect penis and lusted. Mm. You hot? Look at you! Oh God. Hey there! In here? Look at this! My God! The veins! Oh my God! In you when he's like, I've got this tiny little noose. I was like, oh, is that dick? I thought it was dick the whole time. And then Shroon has the, because some of it is in British and he has difficulty understanding the accent. And it was almost like flesh ripping, flesh ripping. Oh. And then when the um, hallucination of him comes in, he was like, my God, you did some ball torture. He goes, balls. I thought that was dick. I was like, does that. Oh, Shroon said yeah. that. I was like, does that make it better? It's still awful. It's all awful. <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> he feels better. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he likes to look at his own dick. Well, why not? So this is a quote from the book. If your clitoris got enormous, would you be like, all right, there we go? No. Have you seen pictures of... Why would I have seen this? What are you There's like telling me? There's like one, two, in like... Clits. But, like, if it was a normal thing for your clitoris to become enormous when you got erect, no. would you be like, oh, perfect. I don't find any single part of me attractive and sexy. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Fair. Like, bitch. Get down. <laughs> what are you doing? Shh, go back. I have to, like, pretend I don't have a body and then I'm turned on. <laughs> I am the mattress. I am the mattress. I do love mattress. a good mattress. Okay, so this is from the book mm. about him looking at his own penis about, and enjoying it. About a dick by Jones Boslov. By Jones. <laughs> by Jones. By Menon. The fabric of our lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, so from the book. This disclosure. I know. Mike, I was like, what Mike pulled that out of nowhere and he was singing it. And I was like, I haven't thought about that <laughs> in so long. The fabric of our lives is so like... I mean, it's not wrong. But it's like, it's deep. Mm. It's like, this is the fabric of mm. all of our lives. Like, it is so important. It's like the emperor. Like time is the fabric of our lives. Yes. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, also cotton. <laughs> exactly. You can't live without cotton. You sure can. Because you'd be naked. 
You'd be so naked. My purse got no clothes. From the book. Mm-hmm. This disclosure reveals a level of narcissistic disturbance. Him, he is writing this, or this is from the book. That the you're book reading? analyzing him Roger lusting that. at his dick. Okay, okay. So this disclosure reveals a level of narcissistic disturbance, being most sexually aroused by the image of his own body that would only heighten the severity of his other problems. It also demonstrates quite clearly that he entered into the relationship with his next love, Diaghilev, not because of sexual attraction, but because of what he viewed as another solid crew room. And I don't know that that means that, though. Say it again slowly. This? What the book said or what he wrote? <laughs> it's like, not nah, that slowly. Just like, bring it to me again in layman's. Okay. So this guy said he liked, N- Nijinsky said, mm-hmm. he likes laying in bed thinking about women. But then he comes afterward, and he doesn't like that. So he decided So that- I'm just laying there. I'm not touching myself. I'm just thinking about women. No, I think he is. Okay, so I'm masturbating, and I'm thinking about women. And then he comes. And the ejaculate pisses me off. So he's like, I if I'm going to do this, it should be I lust after my own penis. So if I'm going to ejaculate, if I'm going to touch myself, it's because I am be so interested hot. in myself. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. And the book says that this is narcissistic disturbance. I sure. hear that. Mm-hmm. But it, according to the book, quite clearly it demonstrates that he entered into the relationship with his next love, Diaghilev, not because of sexual attraction, but because of what he viewed as another solid career move. And I don't think that says that. Maybe, like, yeah, I think it probably was, like, 60-40, but I, like, just because he likes to look at his own dick doesn't mean he wants to not look at another guy's dick. Yeah, I also think there's a part where you can be like, I should... Not be masturbating unless I'm sexually, excuse me, unless I'm sexually attracted to myself. And then be sexually attracted to somebody else. Like, am I cartoon drunk right now? It's got XXX on your bottle. What? (laughs) Patty, you're the ketchup on my fries. Exactly. (laughs) Could it be the case? I want to try to scare you, but I also want you to keep... I wish this was your story. Oh, no. Actually, what you should have to do is you, you can even use your straw. And you just drink so slow. Like, you leave a little in your mouth. Like, you'd be like... I can see it come through the straw. But yeah, just so slow and swallow real slow. <laughs> Okay, now let's try to step. <laughs> I think it worked. It was so sexual, and I don't know why. I don't know why either. <laughs> but I was laughing because, so like, this is exactly what my brain did, right? So for the people, not a visual medium. No. We're each holding up our big tankards of liquor. <laughs> tankards. <laughs> our Yeti cups. Our giants. <laughs> And we each have straws. And so I pick up mine and I'm like, I'll show her how to do it and I'll do it with her. Except my brain goes, she's not going to be able to see it, like to see how slow I'm doing it. (laughs) Oh, sure. And as I thought that, yours slowly comes up and it was so funny to me. Was it slow? Yeah, it was good, right? And you're, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, they're gone. Totally you gone. know where I got that from? No. So one Love of the, me. Shut the hell up. no, it, someone had told me, oh, if you're hiccuping, put a paper towel over a cup and drink water through it. Hmm. And it's because it slows your rate uh, of being able to drink. So then one time I was like, fuck a paper towel. And I tried it and just real slow drink. 
And so now I know it doesn't matter how you're drinking it. It just Counts real your diaphragm. Sure fucking does. <sighs> what were we saying? I was wondering oh. if it's possible that he could be at once like uh, to me there's there is a differentiation between masturbation and sex. Mm-hmm. So yes. could he be like when I'm masturbating, I should be so interested in my own dick and not thinking about other things or other people. But when I'm having sex, I I can it's reasonable to be interested in the person I'm having sex with. I think yes. I think that's a leap that the book is taking where I m- maybe see that differently. I th- I mean, I think it is entirely possible that the majority of his motive was he knows that this guy will further his career. Well, I mean, sure. However, I don't think it quite clearly demonstrates anything. This is the same guy who said the dad functionally committed suicide because he wouldn't go to the doctor. Yes. And to commit suicide, that's a purposeful thing that you want to die, not that you don't like fucking doctors. And I also think that, like, there's... Bitch, I got rid of your hiccups. I didn't even have to scare you. I do think that there's an element... <gasps> no, I'm just joking. Oh my god, I was like, no! <laughs> you scared me. If I had the hiccups, it would have been gone. I do think that there's a difference. <laughs> that woman at the play. <laughs> Lifted, levied, right out of her seat. <laughs> I do think that there is a difference between, like... Well, maybe not a difference between, but I do think that there is a possibility that you can see somebody who is potentially going to further your career or increase your financial investments or whatever the fuck and be sexually attracted to them or and force yourself to feel sexually attracted to them. Like, I don't think those are mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. I think you'd be initially attracted to somebody, uh, pursue them for that reason, and then be like, oh, my God, well, okay, sex is not that bad. So I I think, given this scenario, he was transferred from the prince... To the to the Diaghilev. It's not coming up. Oh! <laughs> it surprises me every time! I'm like, when is it gonna come up? <laughs> I wanna record you. I just see it. It's such a surprise. <laughs> it's like, ooh! <laughs> I alerted me too much. <laughs> not alerted, alarmed. Um, so I think, wait, I have to record it. You have to see it? I don't know, I can do it that slow anyway. Yeah, bitch, pretend you got the hiccups, you'll do it for anything. No! Okay. <laughs> that one was weird, you did it weird. Should that be. one was sexual. <laughs> Oh, man. Man alive. Man alive. (laughs) Can we just say that just like everyone in the 1940s? (laughs) Me. Man alive. Yeah, all the time. Oh, man alive. Oh, man alive. I don't know what it means. (laughs) Like, I guess it's better than man dead. Man alive. I'm going to Google it. Yeah, man alive, man. I'm bringing it back. I see it all the time when I was younger. <laughs> man what is, alive. It? is it like the exclamation when there's a fucking um tumbly snow pew, 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 avalanche? And then they're walking around, man alive! Maybe. T- tumbly snow! A term used at sea. When encountering a shipwreck, sailors would shout it if they found someone alive. So same concept, not tumbly snow. 
But now it's like you're stressed out and everything's falling apart, and you're like, man alive, man. Like now, you, it's like you don't want that man alive. You say, oh, man alive. God damn it, another mouth to feed. Oh man alive. God damn it. Oh. <laughs> that was a bad one. <laughs> it's so startling. I feel like I could watch that for hours. Oh, boy. Okay. So, what I've been trying to say for 20 minutes is I think in the transfer, fucking Najinsky was like, okay, this guy can help me. And that was probably the biggest perk. But even... Like, if you like to look at your own dick, you might like the look of another dick. And just because he said he used to fascinate, oh, 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 something, oh, man alive, man alive. I said fascinate. Fascinate. It's supposed to be fantasize. Fantasize. But then I also made it, like, fascinate. I thought you were fascinating. No. Fascinizing. No, fascinizing. It's fascinating fantasizing. Okay. Whatever. I think he it the book can't say that he doesn't want to fuck a dude. Okay? It's not clearly did. demonstrated. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. It's not. No, I agree. It's not. You think it's funny, but it's not. Oh fuck, I saw a joke today and I want to tell you. I can't fucking remember. <laughs> it's not going to be like Chalmers either. I'm not going to Chalmers. Get that one. Okay. Your epidermis is showing. Don't be a hater. You're gonna end up barefoot and pregnant. Bitch, I didn't have a uterus at the time, right? Also, nobody in the classroom interjected there. Like, well, he said it like to someone. Like, he didn't say it. He called me a hater then, but he said to someone else mm. in like private conversation that I, my name's Emil, and I'm probably just gonna end up. Why? Why am I in grad school? I'm gonna end up barefoot and pregnant. And look at you. Uterusless, and I am never barefoot. Mm -hmm. What the fuck do you know? Fucking weirdo. Fucking weirdo. Okay, well, so now this writing that I'm about to read from him excerpts might quite clearly demonstrate that he entered into the relationship for the opportunity. Okay. Not the first one. This one. Do you feel, do you agree with this? I'm saying this Ah. because he misspoke. He said it too soon. I might have misquoted myself. Yes. (laughs) He should have said this. At this one. Yes. He wrote about his first encounter with Diaghilev. Diaghilev asked me to come to Hotel Europe where he lived. I feel like I could be trying to do a Russian accent. Please do. (laughs) I don't know how to say Russian names and Russian accents. I don't know how to do a Russian accent, let's be real. Yeah, you do. ZKGB. Zekam. Diagolev asked me. No, I can't. I can only say five words. Borscht. You, you just did British Southern. I have faith in you. Well, that's because I made it up. Yeah. All I do is make up language or accents. That's the best part of this. It's gonna, I feel like it's gonna come out very Italian. I feel like it's Diagolev asked me to come to Hotel Europe. <laughs> okay. The count. Baby doll. Baby doll. Yeah, what's her face? 
Malaysia baby doll fox. Why did she do a bad accent? Yeah, when she was in the interview, and she's like, okay, but we need to oh. put it in the oven. Yeah. So I'm going to try to do whatever accent comes out of my mouth hole. Diaghilev asked me to come to Hotel Europe, where he lived. I disliked him for his too self-assured voice, but went to see my luck. I found my luck. At once I allowed him to make love to me. I trembled like a leaf. I hated him, but pretended, because I knew that my mother and I would die of hunger otherwise. So that wasn't bad. No, it was But bad. that, very clearly, demonstrates that he did not want to fuck this man. He just wanted the opportunity. Yes. This, the more I'm realizing, this man might be a shit writer. Diaghilev started his own independent ballet company separate from the official Imperial Ballet and featured Nijinsky. From 1908 to 1912, I'm going to do a weird burp, I feel. Wow, it came from, from the depths. From 1908 to 1912, they would live together as lovers and work well as producer and star performer. Diaghilev assembled a cast of the best dancers available, including Nijinsky's sister, Bratwurst, Hired up-and-coming composers like Igor Stravinsky. I said Igor. Is it Igor? Igor. I feel like it is. Igor Stravinsky sounds right to me, not Igor. I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to call him Igor. I just feel like it's right. Pronounce. Oh, not yet from young Frankenstein. Thank you. Ready? Mm -hmm. Igor Stravinsky. God damn it. Igor. Oh, thank you. All right, Igor. Igor just sounds so much classier. <laughs> Igor. So me Igor, but they were wrong then, weren't they? <clears throat> so he hired up-and-coming composers like Igor Stravinsky and Cloud Claude. Cloud. Cloud. Cloud you was at Phoenix. Cloud. Claude Debussy to write the music, and then he took the show on tour to Paris and other European capitals, and Nijinsky was the principal dancer. I almost said private dancer, and then I almost started singing Tinta Turn. Uh-huh. Do you like Mariah Carey? No. I hate Mariah Carey, but I feel like her music is in the wheelhouse of music that you would have potentially liked, so There's I need like to check with you. There's like three or four songs mm-hmm. that I like, but I don't like her as a person, and the the songs I like are older songs. She literally, when she comes on the radio, I'm like, skip! She's very in the same vein as, like, what's that guy? Dave Matthews. Mm. I am so sorry. I am going to piss my pants again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Why was it the stop sign one time? It's record. Yeah, but didn't you have to press stop and then record? I think that? I pressed stop last, oh, like, before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where the fuck? So he's with this guy. He's touring mm-hmm. with Diaghilev's own company from 1908 to 1912. And they got Bratwurst, Igor, Cloud, and they're going to Paris and other European capitals. During a performance in Paris on May 18th, 1909, Ooh, which is literally oh, my birthday. Hey, bitch. Which is not the performance we spoke about. Earlier? Is this also not the one where the Phantom of the Opera let the chandelier go? No, not. Okay. Notoriously, that is not a thing. Might have been. In ballet, that's an opera. Phantom of the Opera? Sure. Not Phantom of the Ballet. Can you please get on my level? There was a ballet playing, and it was about springtime. Springtime and- What's his tits got? Springtime for Hitler. That's what it is. (laughs) I I was like, I know it's Hitler, but I was like, springtime in. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) In Hitler. 
Hmm? Mm-hmm. May 18th, 1909. Were you born in 89? 86. Oh, Ted, I wanted to say 80 years to the day. Unfortunately, 83 years to the day. And I was born in 83. It's a good year. Hmm. It's well, I guess a good 70, year. seven years to the day, right? Yeah. Going backward. Yeah, we don't mm-hmm. do the math. Um, so, May 18th, Ellen's birthday. He established Ooh. his reputation as God of Dance, hmm. demonstrating for the first time his signature exit. So, typically, a soloist would walk calmly off stage after a performance, perhaps with a slight bow. Like this. Like, what's it, Maddie from? Yes, yes. Very <laughs> that. It's definitely not just like. Uh-huh. It should be. So in this project, oh, here it goes. Oh, I didn't li- knock on wood in my whole last time. Mm-mm. I didn't. I didn't knock on wood. In- that didn't. <laughs> in this production, Najinsky was playing the role of a slave, a part that involved a simulated menage a trois with his sister and the other female lead, which was already provocative. But then, instead of calmly walking off, Najinsky literally sort. You forgot this? He soared swallowed. He soared off stage. How do you spell sword? First of all, S-O-A-R-E-D. I didn't put in the E. Sword. <laughs> sword. He soared off stage, flying into the wings where he landed on a mattress to break his fall. Oh, the so o- it was intended. Yes. The audience went wild, stopping the orchestra until the noise stopped. Yeah, he's like, I did this, I did this, and whoo, off to stage left. Weird. Okay. He enjoyed the career benefits of a situation, but he hated the forced sex and domestic life. He endured it for the sake of his career. In one sense, he truly loved Diaghilev, appreciating the, his devotion and caring, even though he despised what he had to do to continue to receive the devotion and caring. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And also, he struggled for love and affection. You know what? This happens in heterosexual relationships, yeah. too. So oh, I don't think that this is, like, a unique situation no. to gayness. Gayness? Gains. Okay. <laughs> Pine. <laughs> That's what it's making me think of, and I couldn't think of it, and I was just going to keep saying gayness and making weird faces. I'm so glad you said it, because that was going to be a ten-minute process. Pineus. Gainus. <laughs> just say penis, Paul, or whatever the fuck his name was. Sam. <laughs> Sam? It's penis. It's penis. Just say Penis. Maybe he is like Najinsky and he would be turned on by his dick and he would oh, jerk off and say penis. I'm penis. Don't don't move like that. <laughs> no, it's well, I don't have a penis, so it's okay. But it's it's gone too far. <laughs> we have crossed a line. Okay. It's gone too far. I'm going back up. I'm going back up. What's that from? Titanic. The guy in the elevator. I'm going back up. I'm going back up. I don't remember. It's fine. I remember the guy hit the propeller. Oh, so bad. Okay, so Diaghilev seemed to believe that he had a responsibility to nurture a national treasure. The greatest... Himself? No. Oh. Nijinsky. Mm. Um, nurture a national treasure, the greatest creative genius his country had ever seen since Dostoevsky or Tolstoy. And immediately I thought of Katya. <laughs> Lenin in the streets, Dostoevsky in the sh- sheets. Kristen said that they were awesome and they went on for two hours. Was that our Trixie Katya show? Yeah, it was, it was two hours. So good. She said somebody dressed up entirely in tinfoil from head to toe. 
There was no drag, but somebody dressed up entirely in tinfoil. Oh. Like a tinfoil wig, gown, every fucking thing. Oh. Weird, right? I will tell you, fucking Katya pretended to be unconscious. <laughs> like, she pretended to fall asleep, and then they hook her up to a hoist, and they hoist her all the way up. As she's like... Uh-huh. And then all you see is her feet, because we were up close. And then they lower her down, and then they dance with her body while she pretends <laughs> to be unconscious. And the dancers are moving her, and she's, like, doing cartwheels, but, like, she's oh all dead God. weight. What do I owe you for this other show? 88 or something? I'll pay you on Monday when our check comes through. <laughs> it's not till July. You can pay me whenever. Um. Okay. Dostoevsky in the sheets. Mm-hmm. 1910 and 19... The only high-class Russian hole. That's a rash, not a herpes sore. She's so funny. <laughs> but your dad just calls me Katya. She didn't perform that, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay, 1910-1911. They continued to collaborate on a number of successful productions, with Nijinsky taking a far more active role in the set designs, the costumes, and the choreography. The choreography, if you will. Choreography. His behavior became more and more outrageous, both on stage and off. He seemed to enjoy provoking people by dressing in costumes that consisted mostly of tights and a jock strap. Well, we did see some of those pictures. Yes. Stuffed with padding. Cod piece, if you will. Cod past. Cod past. He claimed the less he wore, the higher he could fly. So he's very aerodynamic. Mm. That jock is keeping his, his massive, lusty my dick in. My enormous penis. Take a look at my enormous penis. He simulated masturbation in his performances and probably was actually erect. Mm, great. But his codpiece was keeping it all. Mm, the codpiece. Welcome to our codpiece. Today we're talking about codpieces. If I weren't going to be fucking Sally O'Malley, we would have to be sweaty balls. It, oh, definitely. If you, well, I mean, we can change costumes. <laughs> <laughs> you were walking around and walking people around. were. You're talking about chance. <laughs> no, you're in like the 1400s. You're in. And your gentlemen were walking around with this massive, like, it's not their dick and it's not pants. It's like just a, tights and a fucking jock strap. Like an enormous jock strap, though. So, like, could I buy, if I have like a four inch dick, can I buy like a nine inch dick jock strap? So it looks and wear like. And that as a cod piece? And you're like, look, this is how much I need, but you don't know what's in there. It has to be, right? And then they just stuff it. Yeah. It's like a mystery box. Like, guess what's inside? I mean, yeah, I feel like there's like. Four or nine, four or nine. Like a. I think the smallest jock strap that's not for children mm -hmm. is probably bigger than. A micro penis would need, and uh -huh. then I think maybe they get bigger, but I don't think they're like okay. We have grown think, men. Do you think it's like a solid state? Because there's growers and showers, right? Mm -hmm. So do you think that there's a solid state cod piece in Shakespearean times, and like that's the size? Yes. Shove it in there. Figure it out. Get your balls and your. Cod I, in I there. feel like it's bigger for safety. So they make massive, they make one size, but the one size is massive. It allows for the biggest. Pieces. And then they just put it in there. Jam it all Put in it there. in there. Put it in, put it up there. And they stuff it. So they're safe. I mean. Oh my. She's to, very upset. I have Googling to do. <laughs> no, because then you can all hear. I'm listening, but also I'm Googling. Okay, so he's simulating masturbation in his performances. 
Off stage, he has long periods of silence, mood swings, continuing difficulty in expressing himself, and petulance could only be described as eccentric and were indulged only because of his creative genius. While in London, he captured the in- interest of the Bloomsbury Circle. Bloomsbury! The group of writers include Virginia Woolf and her cousin Lytton Strachey, who was <laughs> Freud's translator. Did we learn about that reason? Let me jump out the window real quick. We know she was doing a Freud book, so it must be her cousin that was translating it mm-hmm. for the publishing mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Interested in him not only because he was such an accomplished dancer, but because he was considered a prominent gay figure who had come out of the closet. Strachey fell in love with him, sending him gifts and flowers to try to elicit a liaison, but Diaghilev had such tight control over him. Oh, I thought you were... No. Please hold. I'm cod-piecing. I'm I'm (laughs) cod-pasting. Yeah, Some would say he was a better choreographer than he was a dancer, and in terms of the level and depth of his creativity, it was certainly true. His issue was struggling to explain what he envisioned to others and then teach them the movements. He could do this with his sister, but not verbally. He just shaped her body into desired positions. Bratwurst said, I am like a piece of clay that he is molding, shaping into each pose and changing of movement. We are completely absorbed in our work, but sometimes emotions run high and we lose our tempers with each other. He was unable to use this method with other cast members. Now, this makes me laugh only because, depending on who's teaching you your dancing, and I don't know if it has evolved in more modern, like in more recent times, but so like normally you're dancing and it's like pirouette. Jean Grand Jeté, you know, shuffle ball change. I've just been doing some step hip hop, so I you know none of these comments are But like so they'll say they'll say the step. But now if you watch choreographers, they're not even like or be like tock tock. Yeah, boom, cat tick tack. He probably could have done that shit. Exactly. But like they don't even do five, six, seven, eight. They're not even like one, two, three. It's like boom, cat, cat, pow ching. And I'm like I watched a one You didn't have that when you were you grew up in dance. Would you have been able to follow it, you think? If they taught it using that, uh, for yeah. sure. Um, but it was, I watched a little video where they were like, they came up with like a boom, cat, cow, oh, mocha latte or whatever. <laughs> and they would go up to a different dancer and they'd be like, do this. And they were all very similar movements. Like it's also partly more about like the beat and mm-hmm. like where you hit. But it was very interesting. They're like, boom, cat, cat. And they're like, pew, ching or whatever. Fuck. That's what at this, um, step class she was like okay so we're gonna do because my mom and i were new so she was like okay we're gonna do seven knees so you just like your left leg is on the step and you're like one two three just like seven knee ups you know oh just the same knee yeah and then she was like okay for people who have been here before what i want you to do is one in out one two three four five six seven i'm like the fuck like I can well, like, do that, I feel like. Yeah, you would. It's like Zumba. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know what you're doing until you do. And then it doesn't matter what they That's say. That's what I said to her. She's like, so when I say this, blah, blah, I was like, can I just watch you? Like, let me just watch you. Yeah. And then once the song comes on next time, I'll just know. Yeah. Like, so then the, she's like, no, 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 I just want you to do the basic stuff. And then the last motion, she was like, okay, this is the advanced step. And I was like. It's not that it's- I don't know how to do it. I just have never been introduced to yes, it. Yes. Like, the the things that you're saying are a foreign language to me. So until I understand that language, I'm just going to watch you. And copy and it. And comprehend. Yeah, exactly. Like what 
steps you're doing. And then eventually those things will make sense to me. But right now, I'm just going to watch your dumb feet. And, like, I can do the feet. Yeah. Like, that's not difficult for me. So I think you'd be fine. But I think – so she said Sunday – like, you'd be way easier at it than me. But Sunday and Fridays are, like, learning – when I say – left lunge that's this, what it, that's these are 16 steps that you do and so like okay send, sunday was good and then tomorrow is going to be like the main thing so i'll tell you how that is yeah because i think you could probably just join monday mm. you know what i mean yeah. like you're just better at dance than i am so probably monday would be fine for you but if you wanted to come on friday night that would be fine also yeah i pick up choreography that's like when mm-hmm. i went to the one place i got to go like remember that you were supposed to come with me it was right on route five I only went like one time. Oh, I went without you. Oh, yeah, you yeah. went one time without me, and I went yeah. once without you. So the that class, I and I walk in, and I was like, I don't usually work out. And then we do the class. I liked them, and I good. Ca- I catch on very quickly, yeah. and I do all things, and they're like, "Oh, you you know what you're doing," and I'm like, "Me not working out a lot has nothing to do with my ability to dance." Like exactly. the fuck are you talking about? Am I heaving? Well, so this bitch is doing. She's got like a separate. She's renting from Jean whatever nights, and then she's renting from this other place. I'm just like, so if I get my Zumba license and I do Latricia's dances, mm. because I have, right now I have like an hour and eight minutes or something. So if I do like a 45 minute dance class, I could have infinite combinations of those dances. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to find. Hold on, let me see. Oh, good. Because I'm looking up cod pieces still. First of all, cod pieces were the PPE of their day, born as a means of containing disease, in this case syphilis, which was sweeping through Europe. So they're just wearing it so they don't shove their dicks into other people? I guess. If you wanted to protect your fancy wardrobe from the stains of syphilis, the reasoning goes, you would do well to isolate the whole package in an oversized box. Plus, Renaissance men carried a lot of junk in their belts. This was the era that gave us the swashbuckler. Oh, yeah. We dance, or we don't dance this, but we work out to this. This isn't the one, though. That's exactly what we're doing, though. There's one where there's, like, it's a giant room, and everyone looks like they're having the time of their lives. Did I? I don't think I would have saved it. All right, keep talking about cut pieces. Mm Mm-hmm. For the 15th century, conditions of phallic peacocking were optimal. Theirs was an age without pants, when only snug stockings and long gowns hid their privy members and buttockses. Privy members. By 1450, doublets had become immodestly short. The codpiece, in its early form, was a baggy cloth gusset laced to the stockings, but in the course of the, ninth cent- the next century, sorry, rising on a tide of ostentation, I... <laughs> it bulged and distended. Ew. In Italy and Spain, and soon across Europe, padding and stays came into vogue. A kind of circum- circumferential arms race led to boxy, generously proportioned tubes that simpered from the waistlines of princess and peons alike. Thus, the codpiece, designed for discretion against syphilis, became instead a rigid contrivance. Historians have compared it to a permanent erection, noting that it was so voluminous that it could serve as a pocket. And indeed it did, offering convenient storage for one's hanky 
or a stray orange. In oh, I'm sorry. I need to pull this thing I'm going to blow my nose with, and I'm going to eat this thing that's next to my dick? In addition to ballads, bottles, napkins, pistols, hair, and even a looking glass in the scholar Fisher has written, with great... With great size comes great decorative responsibility, and men of means rose to the occasion. They brocaded, damasked, bejeweled, embroidered, tasseled, tinseled, and otherwise ornamented their cod pieces until they became like walking Christmas trees. Puberty was no prerequisite. Boys as young as seven could engorge themselves with silk and satin. On the battlefield, a cod piece signaled martial swagger. In the royal court, provocative, oh, procreative swagger, and everywhere else, swagger at large. Hmm. Huh. I just love it that they all know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they like it once you know it real good, like you can get more into it, you know? Yeah. I love it. So she was like at some point she's like Girl, I can't remember what the fuck they're saying. They're like Go whatever, and the girl. There was like four, one, two, three, four, five, six. There were six, seven people there, and me and my mom were the like new ones. And so they were like, "Okay, do three D's," and they were like, "Knees up." Did I tell you the story? Yeah. It, it was just like, how do you know that? Like, because well, they probably do that. it repeatedly. So I think it'll be fun. Like you knew when Latricia was about to when we were doing Dark Horse, and you knew she was going to start screaming lower. Oh yeah. You That's know. fair. But I, like, I could rent that shit and I, we could do as well. I actually also. had looked to see if on Beachbody they had one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they do. A step? Yeah, like a step whole program. Do you have a step? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper for you. Oh, if I bring my own? Mm-hmm. Okay, where am I trying to go? All right, where are we? Cod pieces. Not actually. Though. Oh, well, we had God. digressed quite a bit. <laughs> okay, so he can't. He. Once choreographed, he has great ideas. He cannot communicate them with his mouth, and he cannot just move other dancers into place. Use so. your mouth words. 1912 was a tough year. Oh, oh wait. God. 1912 was a tough year. Tough Toyevsky. 1912 was a tough year year for Nijinsky. <laughs> it was so tough, it happened twice. Mm. He lost his sister when she got married. And the Titanic, my God. Disaster. Um, his attempts at choreography were deemed. How did he lose her? She, she got like, married. Oh, okay. she got <laughs> married. Sure. His attempts at choreography were deemed financial, if not artistic, failures by the critics of his time. His relationship with Diaghilev was falling apart, and he could no longer. And he could no longer could pretend to enjoy sex with him. Please. His father, whom he had not spoken to since their fight, died. He had never been in good health for for very long since his accident, where those children maimed him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now he was complaining of a number of physical problems that sometimes prevented him from showing up at work. Diaghilev thought he was malingering as he had become less sympathetic now that the back door was locked on him, literally. I don't... I mean, you had some trouble in your life, and dancing is not easy on the body. Mm -hmm. He's just mad because he won't let him fuck him. Yes. Summer of 1913, the ballet company was touring in South America. On this cruise, he was stalked by an attractive Hungarian woman with the aristocratic name of Romola Ludovica 
Polyxena, mm. Flavia, Polsky. Why is it always Ia? Flavia. Flavia. Slightly younger than Nijinsky, beautiful, exotic, and a member of European high society. Also, she was obsessed with him. Hmm. She was so enthralled by his beauty and grace, she announced to a friend that she would someday marry him. My God, his beauty and grace, I will marry him one day. When they met on the cruise, Romola had already been following Nijinsky whenever she could, gathering information about his whereabouts and personal habits. She believed that if she got him alone, she could convince him to marry her, and when she found out there were rumors that he was breaking up with Diaghilev, she found a spot on the cruise he would be on. Jesus Christ. They enjoyed a month- You know who Romola is. Exactly. <laughs> they enjoyed a month-long courtship. Nijinsky was flattered by the- Was flatter. He was flatter. He was flatter. Then rounder. <laughs> Nijinsky was flattered by the attentions of a suitor. Like the earth. Exactly. As he had been previously with men, so he likes attention- but she was closer to his age, the same age as his sister, strikingly beautiful. Romola was determined. Every time I see Romola, I'm like, ra, 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 ma, ma, ra, ma, oh, la, la. Yeah. <laughs> Every time even typing it, that's where my head was at. So Lady Gaga was <laughs> determined to save him from what she considered his depraved homosexuality. Which is weird. If you think it's depraved and you know he just broke up with a man, you're still like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yes, she picks him. Whatever. They got married in 1913, so she was right. She could convince him to marry, which is wild to me. Like, that's like me being like, fucking Donnie Wahlberg. He's in the new kids on the block. I'm obsessed with him. Just get me alone with him. And he will fall in love with me. It will take a month and he will marry me. The fuck? It's weird, right? It's weird. I would never have that confidence. I... Knowing Mike and his intentions with me would not be like, let me get in a room with him and I could convince him to marry me. I hate to keep coming back to you, but I, her. Oh, you, the show, not me. Yeah, the show, her confidence with him when she's like, oh, you're here because you must be in love with me or whatever the fuck. In the first two episodes, he he was like, I can't, I'm sorry, we're not good for each other. And she was like, oh, okay. In the next episode, she's like, are you here only because you want to have sex with me because you think we're perfect for each other? She's like, so you're saying you want me? Yeah, I was like, bitch! The hell? I The confidence on this whore. Like, I would never. Meanwhile, you're watching and you're like, with those teeth? <laughs> I was just like, I what? People could be, like, literally in love with me. Falling all over. Presents. Like, literally, word for word asking me out. And I'm like, this is a joke, right? Some Mike could propose to me. Put a ring on my finger. And I still wouldn't be like, I can sit him in a room and we can pick a date for our wedding. Like, I would. No. (laughs) No. And maybe that's why we failed. Maybe you need to be just so fucking dumb and delusional. Well, that's also the divorce rate. I don't think that that's correct. I I just don't think. Now, I don't know how it ends. Don't. don't. I don't remember how it ends either. Excellent. (laughs) Surprise. Rah, rah, Romola. Thank you. (laughs) It's too much. Oh, wait. Now we know. Hmm. Go ahead. If I would have read further with my eyeballs, I could have answered the question. <laughs> married, in, of the West. married in 1913 and remained married for the next 35 years. <laughs> Even though during much of that time, they did not live together. Well, sure. That's <laughs> why so you were like, how old were these kids? Was, I don't you know. There's 11 fucking children Thank in you. this story. I... <laughs> They're, I they're five. Who, they're just perpetually five. I don't even know whose kids they are, if I'm honest. I, there's too many. It's too many. 
Four days into the marriage, Nijinsky believed that he had made a terrible mistake. Mm-hmm. They were sexually incompatible. He liked to troll the streets for whores. Whores. Were they black or white or men or women? I hear whores and I think women. Okay. Maybe that's misogyny. I just, I do feel like he might have been looking for male whores. Well, I'm wondering because if the guy was like, clearly this means and he would jerk off to women, maybe. Hmm. Or maybe he was over men because all the men he had to have sex with, he didn't want to. He just had to. Fair. Um, trolled in the streets. Horse, I'm Horse! trolling. Where are you? They see me trolling. trolling. I'm dancing, patrolling. I thought I was gay, but now I want you. <laughs> Trying to catch me riding horse. Mm-hmm. Okay. So wait, now let me read this entirety because it's very funny. All right. Not funny. Maybe. Probably funny. You let me know. All right. Four days into the marriage, Nijinsky believed that he had made a terrible mistake. They were sexually incompatible. He liked to troll the streets for horrors. Mm. But even worse to him, she showed no interest in learning about dance. Lot of the dance. What? We I don't want to fuck you, and I would rather fuck whores, but that's cool. But you don't fucking want to learn what a plie is, you dirty cunt. Like, how very... And I get, like, you want... He's upset, too, very. I thought that was his mouth. Like, I understand wanting people to, like, take an interest in your job. And and you're, like, your passion. Sure. But to me, that's, like, I will come watch your shows. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious. I might want to learn things. But to not, like, to not want to learn about it seems dumb. Mm -hmm. Like, someone, if you're dating a fucking football player and you don't... You don't need to know how to play the game. But yeah. if you go watch the game... And you know what's going on. That's enough. Yeah. That's support. Absolutely. He's stomping. What's up? Stomp. Stomping, stomping. I'm going to go close that door. Really? Sing to the people about cod pieces. Cod pieces, cod pieces, give me a piece. None of this presses on the question of motive. Glover looks for clues in the litany of cod pieces jutting from Renaissance paintings, leading a prospective tour of the nether regions. I'm just dead. Literally. If nothing else, he's an inspired describer of groins in their finery. I'm dead. Like, you're walking down the street in British Shakespearean times, Billy Shakes times. That's a petite one. And you're like, Oh, my blood sugar's low. And you just open your cod piece and pull out an orange. They're small. I think when you... I think in your mind they're small because you're considering pants. But when you consider... Oh, that they're just wearing tights. That they're just wearing tights and that everything else is billowy and enormous. The cod piece is actually quite And it's like a thong, right? The back goes into their anus Mm -hmm. or like hugs their cheeks or something. It goes into their anus, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anus thing is possible. Okay, so he's livid, because while he doesn't particularly love to fuck her, maybe if she wanted to learn the difference between a plie and a grand plie, he might find her more attractive. Not even that. He's just pissed that she doesn't give a shit about what he gives a shit about. So, Nijinsky didn't like to talk much, as we know. Additionally, he spoke no Hungarian and poor French. So somehow, he doesn't speak her native language. And they both sort of speak French. 
And she got him to marry her. Like, did she just suck her, his cock? Like, oh my God. the fuck? I mean, she was upper crust. So maybe. Well, your crust is delectable. Your Pavlava Chamalama Flavlavia. Flavia. Bistula. Um, so they didn't really talk. Both because of language and because he was mute. In the first five years, they were likely terribly difficult. However, they did manage to have sex because Rama Ramala <laughs> became pregnant. According to Najinsky, the one good part of his marriage was the announcement of Ramala 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 Madingdong's pregnancy would get Diaghilev literally out of his asshole. But for whatever reason, so like he's saying, okay, she is pregnant and I've married her. So he, this dude knows now we're done. Mm-hmm. However, it didn't occur to him that in putting the final nail in the coffin, that would result in him giving no more fucks about his career and firing him from the ballet company, which with he was the the, pri- the principal dancer. Mm-hmm. He didn't think that would happen. He was shocked. My God. He's like, okay, I'm a straight dude now with a wife and a baby, but you're still going to, like, keep I mean, me on. We're going to go on tour. Hello. Not so much. Cod pieces were empty space, predominantly. I just feel like it's a lot of room for moisture. Very moist orange. They were mostly empty. Because of moisture? And then up until the 1580s, they were prominent. And then immediately people were like, why did our fathers wear these? These are awful. So now Diaghilev fires him because he is a married man with a baby. Sure, yeah. Clearly you're not going to be gay with me anymore. You're not going to be gay with me anymore? Well. Oh. God damn it, it reminds me of The Office too. <laughs> Fuck. There's, it's one of my favorite quotes of all time, like, just in general. If somebody said that in real life, I would love it. But so he's talking to Oscar, who's gay. And Oscar's like, we, you know, we all should go out. Like, the warehouse, the office, because there's a gay guy that works in the office and he likes, or who works in the warehouse. And Daryl runs the warehouse. So he's like, hey, you know, we haven't gone out. And he's like, we've never gone out. And he goes, I don't remember, pretend his name's Dan. He goes... He's like, do you want me to invite Dan? And Oscar's like, well, everybody. He's like, listen, be straight with me. You can be gay with Dan, but be straight with me. (laughs) And I just loved it because it's like, just be honest. And it was very cute. (laughs) Okay. So he's fired. (laughs) 1914, there were only a couple options of ballet groups that could hire him because of his caliber. He's just too good. So good. So, he couldn't go back to Russia, or he would be drafted into the army for the coming World War. Mm -hmm. He decided the only option was to create his own ballet company by recruiting his sister, her husband, and a dozen other relatively inexperienced dancers. Sure. So, they he opened in London as Saison. Mm -hmm. Is that a word? S-A-I-S-O-N? Season? Nijinsky. Saison? Nijinsky. Yeah. Ah. Wabbit season. Mm -hmm. And even though the performance was excellent, he wasn't living up to his godlike prowess. Mm. Probably in his opinion, I think. I don't know. Your godlike, your codpiece is not entirely full of oranges. <laughs> Ew! But like, now that you know that, can you ever think of anything else? <laughs> All I'm picturing is like, fucking got tights on. So if they're, I'm picturing like, like tights. Yeah. Like dance tights. I have a leotard on, I have tights. Mm-hmm. So just tights, 
no underwear, right? And a cod piece. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then whatever the fuck else you're wearing. And then you're walking down the street and you find out that your dog died. And you are devastated. Shame. So you reach into that moist pouch of sadness. Enormous moist pouch of sadness. <laughs> to pick a fucking hanky mm-hmm. that is what from moisture? From your groin. To dry Groinster. smegma. Smegma. Do the balls go in it? Yeah, they must. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cock and balls. Everything. Christ. And oranges. Hankies. Babies. Yeah. Anything you need to carry. It was the, it's the new Baby Bjorn. Or it was Scrolls. the original Baby Bjorn. <laughs> I have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he's not godlike right now. Mm. Partly because of a small budget, but he was also distracted by the upcoming birth of his child and the responsibilities of running the company, so he well, seemed even more moody than usual. Usual. I wrote that one on purpose, and motherfucker, <laughs> if it didn't fucking correct it to usual. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, no, it corrected it to Ursula. Ursula. And I'm like, I typed Ursula and it turned it to capital U Ursual. How does that happen? <laughs> Ursual. He managed to complete the scheduled performances, but not without drama. He picked fights with his stagehands. He hit a man who he imagined was lusting after his sister. I'm sorry, I imagined you were lusting after my sister. He scrome and humiliate one of his... Female leads, making her cry. I didn't even type that. I just said that. as humiliated. (laughs) And I was like, it's got to be humiliate. His behavior got so bad that even his sister didn't want to deal with him. Ultimately, the rest of his shows were canceled because the theater was sick of Nijinsky's rants. Him and his very pregnant wife went to a health spa in the Austrian mountains to recover. He was still being offered invitations to perform at private royal functions the king and queen of Spain, for example. Mm-hmm. Once I was the king of Spain, now I, I eat humble pie. You've said that a couple times, now I know it. I was going to say, I was like, I don't think you know it. So. Uh, but I know it now. I'm telling you I was the king of Spain. Hey, Yeltsin. Hey, Clinton. Hey, Yeltsin. Got problems? Yeltsin. Of course. Yeltsin. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's me. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, so once he was the king of Spain, was like, hey, bro, you want to come do a dance? Mm-hmm. And he had also, all show. All show, usual. He had all show begun negotiations with other ballet companies. He found it hard to focus as he was battling with depression and all of its most pervasive symptoms, including lethargy, insomnia, skittishness, and irrational fears, especially about his health. Mm-hmm. Well, probably you're worried that someone's going to make you jump over a table and soap you up. Yes. June 1914, Kira Najinsky was born. I like that name. Mm-hmm. To an indifferent mother. And an ampri- ampri- <sighs> apprehensive father, but eventually she became the center of his life, at least for her first few years, until he lost his ability to relate to anyone. She resembled her father in physical appearance and her ability to dance. In 1915, he was struggling to control his excitable condition. Mm. Without warning, he was prone to wild displays of movement, resembling dance, but also of a frenzied animal. Okay. That's schizophrenia like to me. Promoted his first dance as, like, right? Well, no, that wasn't his first. Oh, sorry. That was, like, the crowning achievement. Mm. Um, the only thing that could calm him, besides playing with Kira, was a new project that he had undertaken to develop a notation system for recording ballets in the same way that music was scored. Hmm. Attempting to develop a language of dance that would make it possible to recreate by following notational scripts. I don't hate that. Great idea, except no one else could decipher the meaning and he well, wasn't good at telling them. That's not great. 
Um, at this time, they were living in Budapest. Uh, World War I had begun, and since he was Russian, he was considered a prisoner of war. This is interesting. So he's in Budapest. He was required to check in with the police every week to report his activities. Hmm. Word got out that he was engaged in private scribblings in a notebook, and authorities were called to investigate. For Christ's sake. Convinced he was a spy who developed a secret code to transmit military intelligence to the enemy. <sighs> they couldn't decipher the writing, so they called in math and music experts who were <laughs> unable to help, th- or who were able to help them understand that the scribbles were dance-related. You couldn't just ask him, like, hey, what are these well, scribbles? Well, he's kind of mutey. I guess. And also, if he's a spy, he's gonna lie. <laughs> I mean... He's kind of mutey. So people were brought in, and nobody could understand these scribbles to begin with, so they were like... I- I think it's dance. It's all just scribbles. It's his own dance? I don't know. It's like he's doing interpretive dance. He's yeah. trying to show them, and they're like, sir. It's some That's of- very funny, though. I, I want, in my brain, I want it to be like six months worth of, like, <laughs> code-breaking, deciphering, and then someone comes in and is like, he's telling them, do a turn, <laughs> shuffle ball change, and then a coffee grinder. It appears so we followed this with a dancer in it. It looks like it this. makes sense. <laughs> oh, I scrolled down. I was scroll. like, I, she's already pregnant, or she's already given birth. Okay. Virtual. Yes. Wow, how did that go up so high? I didn't even do anything. Back in the West. Wow, wow, West. Thank you. God, what's happening is I'm saying something. My brain is pausing because <laughs> it's making me think of something, and I can't recall it. And then you say it, and then I know I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not okay because I should have been able to record. Whatever. I have this. I can offer you. No, bitch. I still have so much. Get together. Back in the West. Oh. I don't know. What? I thought I brought my purse and they had squirts in there. Squirts? Yeah. For what? Oh. What are squirts? What do you for what? I only use my squirts for liquor. <laughs> Did you see there's a new thing they're doing? It's called being like farm or some weird farm. shit where like they take a, a gallon of water, dump it out, put like vodka in there, and then they flavor it with flavoring and then they just drink it and like kids are freaking like dying or whatever fuck. But it's called, it's like something rage gallon. Mar- oh, I saw that. Yeah. Because PJ texted me. He's like, who knew that you were ahead of Merg or whatever the fuck <laughs> it is? And I was like, the fuck? And then he didn't explain it well. And then I saw an article and I was like, I mean, I started the trend, but I certainly, <laughs> I put, I put water in there. Yeah, it. there's water in there too. Yeah. You know, cause I'm smart. Mm-hmm. Smart. Okay. So back in the West, wow, wow, West, Diaghilev decided he needed Nijinsky back as he hardly had any dancers because of the war and he wanted to star attraction back. Because he had considerable influence and with the help of the intervention of once I was the king and queen of Spain, he was able to get Nijinsky exchanged for a comparable prisoner of war and he was able to leave Budapest. So, like, literally this man's just free to bop around but has to talk to the cops. And then what? They just take some bitch from Russia and they're like, you, Budapest. I guess. At this point, he had recovered... From his depression, but was now in the midst of... I'm recovered! I'm clear! <laughs> but he was now in the midst of a full manic episode where he was bubbling over with new ideas, hallucinating dances in the in his head the same way Wolf, Plath, and Mingus did with their crafts. Mingus. Mingus. Back in his collaboration, and stop and listen, with Diaghilev, he was promised $1,000 per performance, which is $29,385.84 today. Girl, thank you. 
Welcome. I really appreciate that. I got you. As well as almost total creative control and was appointed director of the company on the plan tour of the U.S. to be partially subsidized by the Metropolitan Opera in New York. I will be partially subsidized. The trip was scary for him because he would have to function at his highest level, but without the help of his sister or Diaghilev, the Metropolitan Opera refused to work with Diaghilev as they found him to be unprofessional. Probably because you're fucking everybody. (laughs) Was he still in love with him or like? I think he was still bitter, but like, he's like, I have nothing and I need you to come back here because everybody's height of my and everybody's gone to war. You're still here. That's true. Okay. Diaghilev was glad to be far away from Nijinsky as he was becoming increasingly difficult and strange, so he was unwisely content to let Nijinsky handle the tour on his own. Makes no sense. (laughs) Nijinsky's reputation for being potentially violent and unpredictable made it difficult for him to hire the staff he wanted, and I want you to know that I wrote higher as in higher and lower and not higher. (laughs) What is it? Triglyceroids? Yes. (laughs) I've had that in my mind for ages. (laughs) He was forced to hire a stage designer, Robert Jones, when he arrove in the U.S. because the usual Russians did not make themselves available. Sorry, the Urzual? Urzual Russians. Robert Jones, on his first impression of Nijinsky, wrote, He seems tired, bored, excited, all at once. I observe that he has a disturbing habit of picking at the flesh of the sides of his thumbs until they bleed. <laughs> this is you. It's me. I used to dance. <laughs> Through all my memories of this great artist runs the recurring image of those raw red thumbs. He broods and dreams, goes far away into reverie, returns again. At intervals, his face lights up with a brief, dazzling smile. His manner is simple, ingratiating, so direct as to be almost humble. His second impression. The maestro is waiting for me in a flame of rage. Torrents of Russian imprecations pour from his lips. He lashes out at me with an insensate, blind hate. It's a nightmare set in a blast furnace. That's a lot. That time's changed. Mm-hmm. I want to know how long. Is this literally the first time you met him? And then the second time he... <laughs> it's a blast furnace. Hellscape. Mm-hmm. He confused the Russian dancers as Nijinsky was almost entirely unable to explain himself using words. And all he could do was show what he... Was how. What he wanted, even though the most dancers were even though most dancers were unable to precisely duplicate his movements. The dancers go on strike, demanding better treatment. The conductor quit, complaining of ill treatment. And I know it's conductor of the fucking symphony or whatever, but I say conductor and I'm thinking of trains. I'm sorry. (laughs) He's like, fuck you, I'm not driving you anywhere. (laughs) As a result of the stress, Nijinsky accidentally injured his ankle and was confined to his bed. His wife, Ram Ram Ramala, mm-hmm. was unable to console him, so a Russian dancer, Dmitry Kostovsky, went to visit him, and soon they struck up a close friendship that some suspected turned sexual. Despite this companionship, he was still wasn't able to get out of bed, and the American premiere was in jeopardy with the lead dancer and director out of commission. That's him. Mm-hmm. But management refused to cancel the show as they had already invested too much money. Without Nijinsky available to offer direction, the dancers didn't know how to complete their final rehearsals as they had not yet been instructed on how the ballet was meant to end. They were left to their own devices to make up their own choreography the night before the premiere. Oh, good. All Nijinsky could do... That's probably so stressful. I know. But, like, also, you're making dances you know how to do with your own fucking body and using your own fucking words. That's true. All Nijinsky could do was show up and limp and figure out what to do with his own performance. 
He improvised totally, dancing with abandon, and the audience loved it, having no idea that the dance was made up right in front of their eyes. Exactly his name. Nijinsky introduced... Ow, stop it. It still hurts. Nijinsky introduced ballet to the masses in America and did so in over 50 cities in four months. Charlie Chaplin saw one of his performances and was so moved that he called every one of the dancer's movements an act of poetry and every leap a flight into strange fancy. Sure. But Chaplin was so struck by Nijinsky's essential sadness that he found that he couldn't stand to be around Nijinsky for very long or he would lose his comical ability. Just like a vacuum of yeah. sadness. Been there. Settling in Switzerland after returning from America, he was exhausted and depleted. While he enjoyed attention and adulation in America, he yearned for his homeland and he wanted terribly to return to Russia to live a simple life. His wife said no, that she enjoyed her luxury, so he needed to keep dancing and keep funding it, even though Nijinsky could not understand why furs and jewelry were so important to her. Both his wife and Diaghilev were pressuring Nijinsky to return to dance, both parties battling to influence him, as well as trying to negotiate a contract that would benefit one or the other, which didn't always align. He didn't care about the outcome, but he hated that they were fighting. At one point, Ram Ram Ramala <laughs> threatened to leave him if he didn't get rid of all the Russians in his life and actually arranged for her friend, the Duchess of Durkle, Durkle. To, to have an affair with him so that he would be more likely to be persuaded. Persuade. The Duchess of Durgle. D-U-R-C-A-L. I mean, yeah. Mm. Dutch Durkle. <laughs> Much <of Merkel. laughs> yeah. I didn't type that shit either. I'm really on our past tenses right now. <laughs> he became suspicious and paranoid, as one would, and he no longer knew who he could trust. He accidentally stepped on a nail, and he believed it was a part of a plot that Diaghilev had to harm him. And I don't blame you because kids soaped you up and well, maimed you. That's true. That's quite a leap still. It does feel like a leap still. It, it's a leap. If it were us, mm-hmm. it's a fucking giant leap. For him, minor leap. It's a little grand jeté. It's a grand jeté. Because dance. He also believed that there were other attempts to assassinate him. Dysfunctioning in his personal life as well as professional life, and he was no longer able to perform. His last tour in South America as World War I was winding down. It was clear that he was losing complete, complete control complete over himself. Control. During rehearsals, he would sometimes refuse to allow himself to be lowered onto the platform because he was convinced that there was a conspiracy to injure him like what had happened to him as a child. Again, I get it. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. shan't. <laughs> Don't do it. It's soapy. One performance towards the end of 1917, he fully froze when the curtain was lifted and ran off into the wings. Threatened by the stage manager, he was forced back on the stage to dance. Ultimately, Ram Ram Ramala had to admit that her husband was too unwell to continue. She arranged for them to move to St. Moritz, Moritz, St. Moritz, in Switzerland, so he could recover and she could get in with the hoity-toity ski society. Oh, wow. Once resettled in the Alps, Ram Ram Ramala began to socialize with beautiful people, and Nijinsky was cool with hanging out with the servants and children as he was a simple man at heart. Hans Frankel, a doctor who was acquainted with Ram Ram Ramala, that Nijinsky found particularly sinister, Ram Ram Ramala, was likely fucking Frankel, which Nijinsky immediately suspected. Frankel was deeply interested in Nijinsky and decided he would take him on as a project to cure him. 
Nijinsky distrusted the doctor's motive, and this time his paranoia had some basis in reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an ethical violation if I've ever heard one. You're fucking your patient's wife. Mm-hmm. And why take him on? Why not be like, oh, I'm sorry, he's too far gone. So it is likely that Nijinsky would be of endless interest in entertainment for any doctor, psychiatrically trained or not. He's got a lot going on. Yeah. He was inclined to respond violently to the slightest imagined threat or provocation. Whilst Ram Ram Ramala is skiing, he starts playing a new ballet in which the main character was a lunatic. Naturally, he cast himself to play the lead, which now allowed him to act as crazy as he wanted and consider it all part of the performance. I don't hate that. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, you don't want to be crazy. But if you are going to be and you feel like you can direct it in a productive yeah. way, you feel better about it. For sure. Wandering around town mumbling to himself. Okay, maybe not. Method. Oh, wait, hang on. I skipped. Okay, so he's, yeah. He instinctually knew how to dance with abandon and play a madman, but he struggled to turn it off once he was out of costume. He wandered around town mumbling to himself, calling out to imagined companions, carrying a large cross claiming he was God, yelling at- Are you hiccuping a mm-hmm. fuck again? Do you have no more water? Have one. Okay. You're diaphragmatically fucked today. It's not as funny when it's clear, but it's still very funny. <laughs> the noise! <laughs> the little squeak! Um, okay, so he's wandering around mumbling to himself, calling out to imagined companions, carrying a large cl- cross, claiming he's God. Oh, for Christ's sake. Thank you. Yelling at those who looked at him for too long. Sir, you're carrying a cross like the passion of the goddamn Christ. And you're like, <laughs> okay, you got an eye problem. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, if they're doing it when you're actually being sane, I get it. Mm-hmm, but I'm, absolutely. I'm assuming it was. Yeah, here feels like you it's were getting warranted. some attention on purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He became an embar- embarrassment to his wife and Ram Ram Ramala asked Frankel to sedate him, which he did using a strong dose of chloral hydrate. Ram Ram Ramala is a shitty wife. (laughs) So being drugged by his wife's lover didn't have as much of an effect as they had hoped. And the only thing that really calmed him was working on the new ballet he intended to perform in front of the villagers. Oh, sure. So here's the performance plot. All right. An enactment of a madman during the birth of creation. Showing the agony and internal conflict of the artist at work, he would pretend to be a lunatic, expressing his most inner terrifying turmoil. Now, here's my thing about this. I'm not, like, I'm deep. I'm not that deep. Mm -hmm. So if I go to see this, I'm going to be like, this is cool dancing. Mm -hmm. I am not going to leave with that. No. mm -mm. I'm not going to be like, wow, the birth of fucking civilization, this bitch cray. Yeah. (sighs) I feel like my stomach might growl loud, so... Growl loud. Growl loud. Crowd of several hundred gathered for the performance that was to be held in the ballroom of the Servretta Hotel on January 19th, 1919. Mm. Direct from the book that I read, not his books. Got it. When a pianist began playing a piece by Schumann, Nijinsky walked out onto the impromptu stage wearing a loose-fitting white silk outfit that resembled pajamas. And a cod piece, obviously. Classic. He carried with him a chair, which he proceeded to place in the center of the stage, arranged carefully, and then seated himself facing the audience. There were a few nervous coughs in the crowd, some whispers of anticipation, but otherwise people waited breathlessly to see what the brilliant but strange artist would do next. He sat perfectly still in the chair, staring out into the crowd, but seeming to look inward. He appeared to be comfortably arranged, feet planted on the floor, 
arms resting on his lap, yet he also appeared like a statue. Meanwhile, the music played on, the Schumann filling some of the silence, but not nearly enough without the accompaniment of the dancer. One minute, two, five minutes turned into ten. That makes me want to crawl out of my Yeah, that's awful. And Nijinsky just sat there, not moving a muscle, not even tapping a toe to the music. He just continued to stare forwards as if in a fugue state, as if catatonic, as if he were truly a lunatic who was incapable of doing anything but taking a breath. The crowd began to become restless, then a little agitated. I would feel awkward. I would yes. be I would be cringe. But I felt like also I couldn't move. You know what I mean? Like because then it's you're gonna draw attention to your own self. You can't mm-hmm. do it. They started whispering, then crying out in outrage about what was going on. Nijinsky failed to respond or even acknowledge that he heard them. He remained frozen. Ram Ram Ramala was so embarrassed that she started to walk onto the stage to end the debacle. She felt totally humiliated with all of her friends in the audience. She kept looking nervously towards Dr. Frankel, though whether she was looking for support from her love or assistance from her husband's analyst was unclear. Before she could decide what to do, the pianist changed the music from Schumann to Chopin. Mm. Chopin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wrote it. So I made sure I said it right, but Chopin, Chopin makes me think of, did you ever see It Takes Two with the Olsen twins? I was thinking Chopin Broccoli. That too. <laughs> but did you ever see, so it's it's like the parent trap, they're twins, they switch, and the one is like British and very classy or whatever and rich, and then the other one's not. So when they switch, the rich one plays the piano very well. And they're, her dad's having like an engagement party with the bitch that nobody likes. And he was like, the I think it was the soon-to-be evil stepmother or whatever. She was like, oh, play for us. And this bitch doesn't know how to play. So she walks up and she stands on the bench to like get people's attention to say that she's going to play. She goes, I'm going to play a piece from, and she looks at the book, Chopin. And then she <laughs> sits down and just starts slamming her elbows on it. So... Chopin, but <laughs> Chopin. <laughs> she tries us cargo. <laughs> she, she's like, good, nice, chewy. Ugh. And then she finds, like, in this, she finds out what it is. She spits it out. She's like, all this money, these people eat slugs. <laughs> Ain't so you gross. never gonna wanna, don't you have to go to the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta rewatch that. Although, it's on Hulu Live, I feel like. But Kirstie Alley's in it. Yeah. But she died, right? So, it, like, she now she's die. not really benefiting. True. And I liked her then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, cool. Thanks for dying, pal. So, Schumann, Chopin. And this seemed to elicit a reaction in Nijinsky, the very first sign that he was even alive. Still sitting in the chair, staring out into space, Nijinsky began to move one hand in time to the music, then the other. He stretched out his arms over his head to the sides, then let them drop. Once again, he returned to an immobile state. He was doing an excellent job, he said to himself, later noticed, in, later noted in his journal. Noticed. Mm-hmm. He noticed when he reread it or something. As I look back. Hindsight. He was trying to transmit to the audience a state of intense nervousness so that they might understand what it felt like to be crazy. And absolutely, I would have been there. Mm-hmm. I would have felt it. I would have wanted to die. Mm-hmm. But also, I already feel crazy, sir. I don't need you to but help like, me. Is that what it's like to feel crazy? Like, they might feel crazy because they're expect like, what the fuck are you doing? And, like, the world, if you're crazy, is a lot of what the fuck are you doing because it doesn't align with the craziness that I think is real. I guess. It also depends on what kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. 
to the the message seemed to go over their heads because people began leaving, muttering that Nijinsky was a fraud and an idiot for wasting their time. Suddenly, the dancer jumped from the seat as if levitating and proceeded to whirl around the stage in some semblance of a dance, but appeared as much like a chaos of movement. What are you known for? Mm-hmm. Yet, compared with the sitting, those who were still in attendance appreciated the action. It would not last long. Nijinsky stopped the dance as abruptly as it had begun and walked to the front of the audience, facing them directly. He then began to give a disjointed sermon in halting French about the horrors of war. Horrors, not whores. Mm, so sure. sorry. Mm-hmm, I, I, mm-hmm. The horrors of war. The mm-hmm. war horrors. The horrors. The horrors, horrors of war that were raging in Europe and that had kept him a prisoner in Hungary for so long. He next announced that he would do a dance of war and began leaping and twirling around the stage with, with such wild abandon that the audience was both amazed and horrified. It looked as if he might actually hurt himself or someone else by the reckless way he was soaring across the room. Then he collapsed on the floor. What's very funny is they said this was happening in a theater, but for some reason, I'm picturing it in a town square mm. on, like, a wooden stage and, the like, the villagers, because it's villagers. That's what he said. He's going to perform it for villagers. So I'm picturing... So they're like, in a room, bitch. He's got all the space. He's outside. But it's not true. <laughs> Unsure whether to applaud or call a doctor, the audience filed out of the hotel convinced... Hotel? Hotel. Whatever. They filed out of the place, not not the, the square, the town square. Definitely not. Convinced that what they had seen was the strangest yet most interesting dance they had ever been... That had ever been performed. They were never quite sure whether they had seen a madman in action or merely someone pretending to be one. It was both. Frankel decided that he would get to the bottom of things once and for all and make the determination whether Najinsky was truly crazy or merely an excellent actor who enjoyed playing with other people's minds. Frankel had read a bit of Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung, enough so that he just, that he got the general idea that should, oh, bologna and cheese. Mm -hmm. Man alive. Man alive. So he got the idea (laughs) that he should help probe his patient's past in order to provide some insight into his current maladies. The main thing that Frankel failed to understand, besides the impropriety of treating his lover's husband, was that such a therapeutic relationship must be built on trust, and Nijinsky clearly recognized the doctor as a dilettante who only had his own selfish interest in mind. So that whole thing was from the book. (laughs) Verbatim. Verbatim. After two months of stupid Frankel playing doctor, Ram Ram Ramala had no other choice to consider other options as Nijinsky was so depressed that he could barely function at all, managing to write in his notebook, I want to weep, but I cannot because my soul hurts so much that I fear for myself. I feel pain. I am sick in my soul, but not in my brain. The doctor, Frankel, does not understand my sickness. I know what I need in order to be well. My sickness is too great for me to be cured soon. I am not incurable. I am sick in my soul. I am poor. I am a beggar. I am unhappy. What are you wearing? I'm hideous. I suffer. I suffer. I am poor. Hideous. What are you wearing? You suffer? (laughs) You are sick in the soul? Or are you just poor? (laughs) My shoes on roof. And then... (laughs) She was like, say the line. She's like, what are you wearing? Is that the one you wanted? No. Mm-hmm. What was the other one they wanted? Oh. Some about, I don't have time. Yeah. Or <laughs> Porn, hideous. Suffer. <laughs> you are sick in your soul. For the next decade, he was treated by the most famous psychiatrist and psychoanalyst in the world. By age 28, he was so disturbed. 28? Thank you. I thought he was like 97. Thank <laughs> you. 
Because too much happens in yeah. people's lives. He's been bopping around countries and, like, we're like, okay. Yes. You clearly are, like, 38. Like, also a lot. Do you think that if someone was retelling your life, that the amount, like, true story, everything that's ever actually happened to you, do you think it would be like this, where people would be like, she must be 97? <laughs> uh, yes. I think to some degree people would be like, my God, she must be 25 by now, and really I'm, like, 17. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about, like, if you think about, obviously, the one part you'll know about my childhood, but, but the amount of other things that I've gone through, mm-hmm. you would think wouldn't have happened in such a little time frame. Yeah. You're like, oh, this poor bitch, she's 62. <laughs> like, no, I'm just about to be 40. They're like, oh, God. Yeah, just, End just, it now. Just 12, thank you. <laughs> so he's 28. And so disturbed and depressed and disoriented that he could no longer function. Mm-hmm. His daughter needed to be looked at. Or, no, his daughter needed to be looked at. She needed to be investigated. She needed to be looked after by a nanny because he couldn't, and Ram Ram Ramala gave zero fucks about the child. Of course. First doctor he worked with was Professor Yu. I don't know if it's Eugen without the E or if I forgot it. Professor. So it's either Eugen or Eugene. I'm going to say Eugen. Mm-hmm. Eugen Bluler. 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 He's the world's authority on schizophrenia, hmm. who had invented the terms to describe the phenomenon of split mind. Huh. After examination, Bluler, Bluler concluded that indeed he was schizophrenic and was certainly... I'm going to just read it. <laughs> okay. After examination, Bluler concluded that indeed he was schizophrenic and was certainly instance, and perhaps incurably so. Well, I would say he was instance. But I'm a peanut pants again. My God! <laughs> I call him Biscuit? No. I'll, I'll figure something out. Boogie. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> like that one. It's like boot ball, but like boogie. Stupid lean. Boot ball. Boogie. I call him chicken. I don't know. I got problems. Okay. Bueller. Bueller. Mm. He is certainly instance. He is absolutely instance. Insane, for those of you. I've never seen a more obvious instance Instance. of instance. He's reeking of instance. Just pouring out of his pores. Yeah. You see? Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say that, and then, yep, yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. After that consultation, Najinsky was taken to the... Like, why, though? You've been given a diet... Well, I guess if he's saying it's incurable, maybe it's he's instance. like, can't help you, pal. Incurable instance. Can't help you. So after that, Najinsky was taken to the most exclusive psychiatric facility in Europe, oh. the Kurenstalt Bellevue, Hellview of Bellevue, directed by Dr. Ludwig? I'm going to say how I think it's supposed to be said. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, his name. I didn't misspell it. It's just making me laugh. Okay. <laughs> so it's Dr. Ludwig Binswanger. Binswanger. But it's Binswanger. Sean Stucker. <laughs> Ludwig Binswanger. <laughs> Known far and wide for his psychoanalytic expertise, friendship with Freud, and his specialty of working with creative but unstable individuals. Well, sure. He became the author of a new movement. Sorry, therapy. he was working with Freud. Friends of Freud. Mm. Friend of Freud, like friend of Dorothy? I was thinking just like when you're working with unstable individuals and... You're friends with Freud. Mm-hmm. You're friends with unstable individuals. <laughs> Yikes. 
He became the author of a new movement in therapy called Existential Analysis, mm-hmm. which examined emotional problems in the larger context of their personal meaning. I live for existential psychology. I want to take school in it. I live for evolutionary psychology. That also as well. Do you see that they've learned that monkeys have used stone tools? And it kind of is making us reshape our idea of when humans evolved. Because, like, tools and fire yeah, were, yeah, like, yeah. major milestones. And they could find that primates now, living now, create, like, stone tools. So mm-hmm. it seems like that wasn't, like, a purely human thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe they were watching some of the people in the forest making stones. Listen, we've been around for a minute, so. They're, they're good at observational learning. We mm-hmm. know them. Nice wheel. I'm gonna chisel that. <laughs> He tried several. No, oh, 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 I didn't like that. Nobody saw it, and I just sound weird on this microphone yeah, right now. Yeah, you sound crazy. But it was sound totally crazy. terrifying. Are you hiccuping again? No, I didn't oh. hiccup at all. I thought you- so. You're just doing a weird. No, I didn't do anything. I've just sat here. That's false. Your body. Ludwig van der Vorgen. Binswanger. 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 Ludwig Binswanger. Yes. Okay, so this is what just happened in my brain. All right. I was thinking, the way I said Binswanger made me think of Rookie of the Year Mm -hmm. when he's like, Rosenbagger, because he doesn't remember his name. Because whatever the fuck his real name is, it's a weird last name, and he called it Garden Hoser. But before I could get there, my brain was like, Gluten Toots! (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget Gluten Toots! Like, that was one of the ways he called his last name. Gluten Toots? Gluten Toots? What the fuck? No. Oh, God. Now I'm going to want to think of his last name. Got the Gluten Toots. Oh, fuck. I don't know. It'll pop up in 97 years. Chalmer Rosenbagger. Gluten Tutor. Chalmers. Okay. So he tried several... Mm -hmm. Several. He tried several methods, including individual psychotherapy and analysis, but he spoke German and French, and Nijinsky spoke Russian and Polish when he spoke at all, that is. Mm -hmm. As a practitioner, her was remarkable... Her. As a practitioner, her was remarkably sympathetic. Er, doctor. But it's he. He was remarkably sympathetic, innovative, and pragmatic. He organized a special ballet recital for Nijinsky, who performed a rather bizarre spectacle pounding on the piano before beginning what was described as suicide madness dance before he collapsed. Soon afterward, he went catatonic and obviously was unable to engage in analysis. Now, while that didn't turn out well, mm-hmm. I like that idea that he knows and respects what this guy is into and wants to use that. To, okay. like, help him in analysis. I like that. Mm-hmm. 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 So he stays at the Hellview of Bellevue with Binswanger, Gluten Tutor, for over a year. These are case notes. Mm-hmm. Sits in the same spot for 1.5 hours. I try to put him to bed. He jumps on the floor and moves around on his hands and feet like an animal, trying to jump out of a first floor window. Of course. So, like an animal, an ape, and eats like one, too, until he goes back to the corner. This is exactly what I wrote. 1919 to 1930 saw so many peeps. <laughs> I saw so many peeps. <laughs> Manfred Sackle, inventor of insulin shock therapy. Mm. 
Ram Ram Ramala sought out Freud, who didn't believe that psychoanalysis would be much would be of much use to him as he was in such an advanced state of deterioration, which I give Freud some credit yeah. for. Good job, Freud. Awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Medications that they tried to suppress his bothersome psychotic symptoms include neuroleptics, morphine, opium, scopolamine, bromides, barbiturates, insulin. None helping. Mm-hmm. Ram Ram Ramala kept trying to find something to help, not because she cared as much no, as she wanted him to be better so he could make more money. Ram Ram Ramala is a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She would occasionally visit her husband to check on his condition, but she began a new life traveling around the capitals of Europe before ultimately settling in America. Why wouldn't you? Good for you, Ramala. 1930, he's in his 40s. He gained considerable weight and hadn't been seen by his wife or daughter in four years as he was considered too dangerous to be around. There is some possibility that he abused Kira, Kyra, Kira, physically, if not sexually. Hmm. But again, possibility, unsubstantiated as far as we know. So given the last episode, let's go with he did. Well, let's just, you know, keep it clean. Ram Ram Ramala had another baby. Tamara, in 1920, at the recommendation of one of the doctors who thought this might lead to a cure, but the actual paternity of the child was never determined. What was the cure meant to be? Like, if she has his baby, maybe he'll like snap, snap too. Snap out of it! Snap out of it! Binswanger mm-hmm. checked on Nijinsky in 1930 out of concern for his welfare, which I also like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Sorry, my brain tried to think of his last name from Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Do you want me to look up the characters? Nope. Okay. It's gonna, it's the Chalmers. It's gonna come to me. Alright. He didn't trust Ram Ram Ramala and he described her as, good. A, as psychopathic. Um, oh, Binswanger said that, which is correct. Don't yeah. trust her. So he found Nijinsky locked in a small apartment, raving and incoherent, smearing his own feces all over the walls, like you do. While at the same time, Ram Ram Ramala was staying at an elegant hotel in London. That's so sad. So it's a little bit Joe from you. Somebody's locked in a cage and you're like living in a swanky apartment. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. he wasn't kept prisoner. This he was like his own doing. Mm-hmm. Binswanger brought Nijinsky back to Bellevue to help him regain some sort of functionality. But at this point, his physical health was very compromised. He had both heart and digestive problems. He began to cease moving and speaking, entering periodic catatonic states, occasionally interrupted by frenzied but artistic dances, before falling back into catatonia. In 1934, Ram Ram Ramala's surprise appears at Bellevue, accompanied by her lesbian lover and Alfred Adler from Vienna. My God. We know Adler. Mm-hmm. Student of Freud and the creator of what becomes known as individual psychology. My God. Invented the concepts of inferiority and superiority complexes. Adler couldn't really get much from Nijinsky as he wasn't talking, so he had to get info, info, info. from Ram Ram Ramala, which I'm sure she was giving quality oh. and accurate. Of course. She's the like, well, he's accurate. just like, won't dance. I'm like, he's not making any money. I really like, like furs. Mm, it's better when he's making money. Yeah. Yeah. After hearing about the legacy of Nijinsky's dysfunctional family, his lack of traditional education, his difficulties communicating even at his healthiest, and his predicament of coming from the lower middle classes and being forced to operate within the upper class, (laughs) it didn't take long for him to say that Nijinsky had an inferiority complex. In terms of prognosis, Adler couldn't really make that determination without the participation of Nijinsky. I don't... So wait, is he saying that his inferiority complex has created this entire... 
clusterfuck that is his mental health? It seems like yes. He might have that in addition. Mm-hmm. But I think that Adler is doing the thing that we were giving Freud credit for not doing, which is like, this is my theory. And I'm going to make it work. Fits into yeah, yeah, yeah. it. So I will. Ram Ram Ramala angrily disagreed with Adler saying his issue wasn't understanding. It was medication. She fired Adler. Could you imagine firing Alfred Adler? <laughs> Could you? Well, listen, I can do better. <laughs> so she fired him and then reached out to Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. But Young avoided getting involved, and smartly so. Smartly so. Smartly. He's like, this bitch cray. Mm. Well, honestly. Yes. It's your baby. Approaching 50, he was morbidly obese and very strange. That's wild. So you're 5'4 and morbidly obese. Like, he was so, he was like an I shape, and now he's a, a, a O. But probably, yeah, you're not very fat when you're five foot, whatever. He would laugh in a disturbing cackle, and he would masturbate publicly whenever the impulse struck him. He's got okay. a weird thing with masturbation. He does. Eventually, Ram Ram Ramala was over the lack of progress and running out of money, so she grabbed him from Bellevue and brought him back to Hungary. She had no concept of how bad he would be without doctors to keep things in control, and he would attack people for no reason. He tried to kill Ram Ram Ramala once with a knife, but he wasn't able to because his coordination was so impaired. I don't hate that he attacked her, just saying. Mm-hmm. Finally, she had him confined to a hospital in Budapest. March 1945, Russians began to invade Germany. Start over. Mm -hmm. March 1945, Russians began to invade Germany. Nope. (laughs) What happened in 1945? March 1945, Russians began to invade German-occupied Hungary, and bombing was close to the hospital. He escaped with an attendant who was concerned for their safety. While walking the streets... Najinsky saw Russian soldiers and heard his own language, and he perked right the fuck up. The soldiers immediately recognized him despite his changed appearance. He was revived in ways that no treatment could achieve. He had kept telling Ram Ram Ramala that he needed to go home, and he begged her, and she always said no. He made a remarkable recovery during the days he spent with his comrades. He joined them for meals. He sat around the fire and sang Russian folk songs. He danced Cossack dances with a passion that brought the crowd to their feet. At 56, he was like a man reborn. During the hours he danced for the soldiers, he was no longer psychotic or out of control. He appeared relaxed, composed, sociable, and even happy. That's so sad. If she just would have take... After the war ended, Ram Ram Ramala insisted they move to England, super helpful, to get better medical treatment for his heart disease and kidney problems, but no longer was he looking for psychiatric care because many of his symptoms had ceased. He still dealt with sleeplessness, moodiness, and irritability, but he could at times appear both coherent and charming. April 5th. Almost my birthday. Mm -hmm. April 5th, 1950, at the age of 60, he died of renal failure. Ram Ram Ramala lived another 30 years after he passed and traveled the world, enjoyed lesbian affairs, and fell deeply in love with a transvestite. I don't know if in this book that means drag queen, transgender, or an actual transvestite who dresses up for sex like i don't know what that means. well and at that time too like who knows how that language is being used you know what I mean? yeah it, my guess would be like what we call transgender i agree but so this transgender vestite queen actor who had an eerie resemblance to Najinsky, which makes sense like because he was feminine yeah for sure and also manly so that makes sense she became protector of his reputation, writing two books about his life and selective editing and selectively editing diaries for publication. Don't say protector. She took his shit and made money off uh-huh. of it. Exactly. Don't make it sound valiant. 
Where was she when he was feceing the walls up? He was feceing <laughs> the walls. And where the fuck were you? Uh, look at this feces! Uh, okay, if you were protecting... He's an avid feceer! He's basically primate at this juncture. He is... In in his instance, he is feceing everywhere. He is the most instance person I've ever met in my life. Poop is everywhere. And you're just coming in now on your white horse? Please. Writing a book? Puh. I hope one of the books was titled, I Left My Husband So He Could Be a Feceer. You feceed everything. Feciation. Feceed our people up. Trying to feast him. Feast him. I was going to say feast him. It's not real. <laughs> None of it's real. <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. My final statement. So she's protector. I'm not sure. To understand Najinsky was to read his own words in his diary. People will say that Najinsky has gone mad. I'm an ordinary man. I am a dancer. You will understand me when you see me dance. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. You know oh, I'm my- sorry. That's the scene? Yeah, he died. Oh. She wrote his books, and that's what he wrote that oh. the author thinks is the heart of his instance, you okay. know? Mm-hmm. So, thoughts. I feel very bad for him. I do not hate him in any single way, shape, or form. And I think he very much belongs in this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. thoughts? Ah, oh. Tell me again about his death. What caused his Renal death? failure. Just like, so it was just natural causes. Yeah, he like, didn't kill himself. And he didn't do anything to exacerbate his renal failure that would cause his death. Like, no, just like, I mean, he got fat when he was sick. Okay. And at that point it had progressed, so it was probably like too far gone. As you were telling me about him, a person that I very much dislike came to mind. Oh, no. And it, it is Andy Kaufman. Yep, yep, yep. And I, although I don't like, I don't know anything about him except for watching the documentary about Jim Carrey playing him. Uh-huh. And as a result, I hate Andy Kaufman. I just, I feel like Andy Kaufman was lucid and trying to be wacky and like get a rise out of people. And that's just so annoying to me. And a little bit. I got the same vibes from this guy, which turned me off initially when he was like, oh, we're doing ballet, but it's going to be ballet this way. And it's going to shock everyone. I like get a fucking grip like that. There's something annoying about that to me. But I do feel like I'm getting allergy too. right. What is it? I don't know. I do feel like doing something with a medium that is like. Okay, like music. Like, okay, this is what music is. This is what chords look like. This is what the progression looks like. Here's how you should do this music. And then you're like, okay, but I'm going to do it this way. Is there's something divine about that. Like, there's something that is unique and Because, like, why would you think to do that if you've never seen it? Like, Mm -hmm. there has to be something going on. When someone first does a thing. Yeah, like the idea to Mm -hmm. do it that way. The vision or the... And the idea that people really seem to have taken to it, I think, is something else. Like, it was really, oh my god, this is fun to watch. This is good to watch. I really enjoy this. And I like his last statement then that, like, 
or I guess her last statement about him no, that his. like no, that's he wrote that. Yeah, but like did he? You know what I mean? Like I think it was in an actual. So to say, like I'm not. I have nothing to say about myself. Just go watch me dance. That's me. Like that's, and I think that that is him maybe trying to separate himself from his mental illness, mental illness. Like, yeah, all this shit is going on, but don't think about that. Like, this is what I contributed. Please pay attention to that. And to me, that's where the separation from Andy Kaufman comes. I think Andy Kaufman was like, yeah, I'm crazy. I'm wacky. Watch this. And like, get the fuck over yourself. You're a douche. But here it was like, yes, I have my mental illness issues. That is not what this is. You're watching my... Like, this is my offering to the world. Watch this and pay attention to this. And I think it's hard to disentangle them. So, yeah, I think he definitely did. See, I heard that, his statement, Mm -hmm. as you will understand my madness when you see me dance. Mm -hmm. And because the dance makes the madness beautiful. Mm. He's like, you'll get my brain because this is what I choreograph. So I still don't hate it. I mean, that's fair because that one dance he had where he was like sitting in a chair and staring at people. And I, I don't know anything about Andy Kaufman oh, growing God, up. So I don't annoying. know his life. But like he, like he was maimed. Mm-hmm. He was, as a man child, basically held captive by a prince mm-hmm. and then sent to this other guy. Yeah. So like he, and I do think, I think he was ill. I think he was always going to be ill. He It ran in his family. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it influenced his dancing. I do not think his... Well, I do think his dancing made it worse to some extent because he was allowed to be eccentric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it went unchecked. Yeah, and then fair. when he was in full-blown madness, he's just like, well, I'm just going to do this. and Like, whatever. I can mm-hmm. get away with it. So I, I, I don't see much fault in him. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and I hate his wife. Ugh. Hate, hate. I do like saying Ram Ram Ramala, though. Oh my god, how many times I say that? I'm gonna <laughs> hate myself while I'm editing. Ram Ram Ramala. But like, okay, so where does he fall? If we're if we're saying like Sylvia Plath and Virginia Woolf are like mm. the benchmark, this is legit, and we're saying rectangles and a little like I I don't put Hemingway with rectangles just because he has a giant history of mental illness in his family. So we're, we'll say rectangles. Hemingway okay. is closer to rectangles. He's like a three on a scale of one to ten. Yeah. But ten is like platinum. Well. I would put him at like an eight. I would like to see a diagnosis. I, I think he was schizophrenic. Absolutely. With like episodes of mania. That's fair. I think I feel like this one too, I need a little bit more information but just at the time, that kind of data wasn't being collected. So it's not even like this book failed to get that information. And not all it the diagnoses just... were an <clears throat> option back then. Yeah, exactly. I just, yeah. I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree, but I would like more information to rule out other things before I well, I well, said schizophrenia. Not to be, the... not to be, uh... Debbie Downer? Uh, <laughs> Altruism McGee. Well, I almost called him uh, Evolution McGee. What a douche. Not to be him, but I really think that he was either schizophrenic with manic features or bipolar with psychotic features. Mm. Okay. I don't hate either of those. I also, I might be more inclined to say bipolar with, yeah, with psychotic features. I'm thinking about that right now. Because he had deep, deep depression. Yeah. He definitely had mania, but he wasn't always hallucinating and talking 
to nobody. Mm-hmm. And when his mania occurred, that's when he was the most prolific. And so then his writing makes more sense in that context. Like, and then I think both of us are right. Like, I don't, I am not the depression. Watch my dancing. That's when you'll see who I really am because he felt the most alive in those moments. Hmm. What do you make of him essentially being cured when he got to hang out with his pals? He's definitely not cured. But, like, for the symptoms to alleviate, for him to show no, like, so at that point now all he's dealing with is, like, irritability, he's not sleeping well. But, like, the catatonia, all that, he's just, like, hanging out with guys and functioning just like all of them. Well, that's part of why I don't think it's full schizophrenia, because I just, like, catatonia, true catatonia, I don't think can be cured like that. Like, somebody walks in the room and you're like, oh, hey, bud, how's it going? Like, Well, he wasn't, to be fair, he was not catatonic at the time he came across them. Yeah, but, like, I just, when you talk about catatonia, it is, like, a, that's a thing. Like, you know what I mean? And I feel like this might have been just severe depression. But depression can have catatonia. Sure, but I just feel like it's, when his friends came in, it happened to be on an upswing and I don't think it was a cure. So I think it's more bipolar than it is schizophrenic, which has its own swings. So like when he was catatonic, regardless it was when he was having psychotic world. features. Mm-hmm. And then when his friends came in, it was, it had gone from a depression to a mania, like hit that middle ground where you're like kind of baseline. Like you're going from depression up to mania, but you're kind of here and your friends are there now. And it's like, oh my God, you're cured because we're here. So hear me out. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, as they said, he started poor mm-hmm. and then he was immediately thrust into Prince Dumb mm-hmm. and he became a celebrity and all these things. And then when he comes upon these Russian soldiers, what if his mental illness featured itself while he was in a place that he knew he didn't belong and that was him trying to navigate it? And the second he was with people that remind him of where he grew up and Mm, who he is, he he was able to put down the facade and it So do you think he's got... Mental illness? Yes. I think... Where do you put him on that scale? In terms of wolf versus... I think eight... Wolf's direct angles. Yeah. I think he... Eight is good. He didn't kill himself, and I will give him credit for that. Mm -hmm. I do think he... Do you think he would have if he didn't get sick? I don't think so either. I think when he was the sickest, he wasn't depressed sick. He was psychotic. Mm -hmm. He was having full episodes. Yeah. So I think that he would have always been sick in some way i think had he been able to return to russia when he wanted to it would never have escalated in that manner i think he was taken advantage of by his wife Mm. made to like work like a monkey for for her and the pressure he put himself under because he did love dance and he's now like new and creating new shit and being rewarded for that. And then again, it's cool to be eccentric and stuff. And then it like, I think, even if he remained a dancer, but could have lived mm-hmm. where he wanted to, I think he would have just been, you know, 
manic sometimes, depressed sometimes, not to the extremes that it was. I don't think psychotic would have probably been too much featured. Yeah. Because I think the psychotic breaks were like stress. I mean, yeah. Like you're you're maintaining, maintaining, and Does then it's been too much. Bipolar disorder. I my limited understanding. I don't do a lot of abnormal psych stuff, but my limited understanding of bipolar disorder is that it's a pendulum that swings on no buddy's schedule, and it's not mm-hmm. like there's nothing that can promote one swing versus the other. It's just like yeah. So I think he was bipolar. And sometimes he would be, you know, because you could just be normal for who knows how long. Like, you're mm-hmm. not going from one extreme to the other, like you said. And you can have prolonged periods of normalcy. Yeah. So I think the ebb and flow of that was always going to be that. I think the psychotic features were stress. Mm-hmm. I think he And would, that's a thing. That, that's how that happens? I, I Like, he could break mm-hmm. because it's become too much. Mm. Like, any, like, if you, like, so we deal with depression. If something crazy happens, we could straight episode. But it doesn't necessarily, like, if I were bipolar, a stressful situation wouldn't send me to mania or to depression. It could be either or, depending on the situation. Yes, but I don't think the stress, so I think the stress did not dictate whether he was manic or depressed. Hmm. I think. The stress would initiate the psychotic breaks, and I j- think he was more likely to be psychotic when he was manic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the only real psychotic, like the the negative symptom he would have of psychosis, is like catatonia when he's depressed. Yeah. So I think had he had a different situation, he might have not been en- ended up with a diagnosis of like with psychotic features. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why the psycho- uh, schizophrenia came into play. What do you think about What's-His-Head's, Adler's assessment? I think it's entirely possible that he did have an inferiority complex. He, But wh- when you're in that environment, like, 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 don't you think all ballerinas have that? Yeah. Ballerine knows? Oh, I think so, yeah. Okay. But, like, I don't even think it was dancing as much as it was, like, I'm really this person and I want to hang out with the homies and just, like, be a farmer. Mm-hmm. And here I am with this upper crust. And I think that gave him a degree of inferiority. And so he got bigger mm-hmm. with his dancing and with his behavior to, like, compensate. However, that is not the cause of his bipolar. That didn't make yeah. him psychotic. That's, like, an aside. Because no one's diagnosed with inferiority complex mm-hmm. now. It's like a, a, a therapist has that in their brain and, like, navigates a conversation to address it. They're not like, well, you have... Fucking DSM inferiority. 5.678 inferiority complexia. Him doing dancing that doesn't subscribe to any rules of regular dancing at the time, I think also breaks that. Like, you can't be inferior to people if you're not playing in the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, I'm doing something totally different. So, And because no it was well-received, yeah. then it was, like, a separate thing. Yeah, I think... I think his... The innovativeness of his dancing is, like, a function of his obvious creativity and his built-in ability to dance. Like, he couldn't throw himself wildly with abandon if his body couldn't do it. Yeah. So I think he had, like, what a lot of these people have, like, fucking Brian Wilson will talk about. He went real crazy with, like, new kinds of music and, like, let's 
you know, oh, I, but I, I want a full orchestra in here. And he was real particular. And I think that, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Innovativeness. Mm-hmm. Comes with people who are, like, naturally I can't wait creative. to tell you about my, my guy. Sid Vicious? Sid Barrett. Mm. <laughs> but, like, I think that's ingrained. Mm-hmm. Like, how you're good at math. So I think perhaps his mental situation influenced where he took that creativity. Because there's, like, a lot of chaos. I mean, like, fuck, you were maimed by boys. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how you ever get over that. Yeah, that's a lot. And so, and then also, did your brother jump out of a window? Like, was he ill mentally, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so, when your fucking mother was, like, 100%, he would have had mental illness no matter what. And I, how you were talking about, like, Andy Kaufman, it was like, look at me. I feel like he, Nijinsky created because he had to. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he, he fucking made a thing for villagers like he would have kept choreography choreographing choreographing because he had to like that's how he got it out and yeah. he probably would have kept doing that with or without the accolades mm-hmm. so i just think it was like a perfect storm mm-hmm. a little bit yeah for sure. and he's way better than a rectangles i like him way better than hemingway why did we hate rectangles so much Because he's such a poser like <laughs> straight poser mm-hmm. and then like Mingus Fingus, I think he's higher up, closer to Wolf than Mingus. I put him at like a six, though. Yeah. Like, I think if we're rectangling, I want to give rectangle straight zero, but I'll give him a one. (laughs) And then Hemingway is like a three. Yeah, I give him like a three. And then, where do you put Judy Garland? Judy Garland is difficult for me because I don't think substance abuse absent, she would have troubles. I mean, she would have like normal people struggle you know what i mean like you or me like just kind of average joe issues but the introduction of substance abuse at such a young age i think puts her at like a five because i do think that your your lobes are developing with the acknowledgement that that like okay these drugs are ingrained in us like we do these drugs and that's how we develop and we don't have to create any kind of but like if you dopamine or- if you take substance abuse face value as the same as a mental illness of depression schizophrenia diagnosis do you put her higher i that's that's where she ends up a five for me considering all that together like okay yeah do you put her higher like a little bit like a 6.5 or a 7 just because like you said her brain was formed under false pretenses Mm -hmm. and then I believe that created depression mm-hmm. and mania that she then further worsened with drug use. Yeah. And I believe it was almost fully out of her control to try to fix that. And if you saw someone who, you know, full schizophrenic, that is out of their control, mm-hmm. it's yeah, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, and she, sense. like you said, she wouldn't have been like that. Mm-hmm. And because that very clearly i don't think it in terms of merging it with creativity not a seven but in terms of the pervasiveness and the sadness that it brought to her story Mm -hmm. is higher if you're gonna tie it in with creativity because i'm putting fucking rectangles down there because i don't think it influences creativity nor do i think he had mental health issues yeah 
Hemingway had mental health issues. I don't think they had anything to do with his creativity, except for his hair his fetish. Dick also. Yes, that. Her, she would have been a good singer and a good actress no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones higher up, like Charles Mingus, he's, he's, like, I'm going to put him and Judy tied, both for how their mental illness affected their behavior and the severity of it. Yeah. And then, you know, fucking. Yeah, I think there's something, I put, Wolf. I don't know, I might put Mingus even lower. Mingus might be a five for me. I put put Wolf and What's Her Shits higher because I feel like. Also, I put Wolf as a 10 and Sylvia as a 9, just for the record. The expression of that mental illness, I feel like, for me, there's something about, like, can you control your mental illness, the expression of your mental illness in public? And I feel like I don't have any information that Rectangles ever had any expression of mental illness at all, ever. He was just a dick. Yeah. A drunk dick. Mm Mm-hmm. And you were just, yeah, like, you're rude to all of your friends. You're just an asshole. Mingus Mingus, I feel like, had... Intermittent explosive disorder? Yeah, like, he just was, like, his rage was so, but his dad, like, all of that kind of ties together. And then, like, Plath and Wolf, I just feel like we're totally, like, every interaction, everything that happened in their lives was colored by this yep, mental yep. illness. Like, it was just, there was nothing about their lives that was free from that. And that's but I why feel that's so high. Judy Garland, too, though. Like, if she's always on drugs mm-hmm. or in withdrawal, every experience she well, has. Well, that's why I put her at five. Yeah. Had she not been on drugs, I would have put her, like, a one or a two. Yeah. Like, I just... I She would have been, like, dance moms. Like, yeah, you had a stage mom. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was bad, but then... Yeah. It's not, like, so bad. And, I mean, she had problems with directors and whatever, but, like... Yeah, I agree. We should be writing this down because so we can... I was thinking maybe we can do it later. But maybe for my Sid episode, we can see, like, okay, where do you put him on this weird sliding scale? Yeah. And then, like... Because I want to do it for creativity mental illness, and then for creativity and mental illness combined. So I want to do three scales yes. and see how that changes. Yes. Okay. Although I feel like we're bad for, like, judging other people's... Cre- how creative were you? I mean, rectangles, I don't feel bad. No. But if I'm going to talk Hemingway fucking creative, let's, I don't like it shit. I don't think it's cool. creativity. Let's use innovation instead. Okay. Okay. Right? Because that we can actually judge. Like, how different is what you're doing from what people prior to you had been doing? Really, though? Like, Plath and Wolf? I don't know that they're innovative. So then maybe they score really high in the mental illness part oh, I on see, the innovation I see. scale, but then when you tie them together, uh-huh. okay. they're back okay. up at the top. Drums! 